What's up, everybody, and welcome to Bridge the Gap. My name is Holden Stefan Roy. Uh, this is the show over here behind that suit where we try to bridge the gap of knowledge via these interviews. We having conversations with people. We uh, we just going through their stories uh, one by one and learning what we can, extracting those knowledge nuggets and enhancing our overall understanding of I don't know the game life. Who knows what comes up. Yo, we learned about wrestling last time. And it was fucking fire. It was an amazing experience. <laughs> um, but straight up, Meticulous is a crazy, interesting guy. Like, he does so much shit, I, I didn't even realize he rapped. And I only discovered that once I was already live and we thought to type your name into Spotify and started bumping your album real last minute. Good shit, though. Really good <laughs> shit. Um, but he makes the beats. He fucking has... Okay, if you type in Meticulous and insert idea whatever it is within 15 years it will be there you'll see meticulous shakes and he'll have his shake company in the future he'll have his fucking whatever pick an idea man yeah. meticulous is gonna next be there is, with it next up is cooking see what i'm saying next up is cooking, i see i see that i see the pre pictures on his facebook because he's trying to follow the peter west way into the future <laughs> shut you up know what it is you blend food and music mm. that's heavy like you can't you can't beat that you can't beat that man straight up and down but yeah what i love about meticulous is that the guy is more than just like one thing he's in everything he has like an entire brand built around him with a lot of different initiatives in fucking place so let's start this off let's start this off with the first real question because end of the day you are music first is my opinion in this shit and all the music people get this this new this question it's a little bit of a convoluted question. It is what it is. So my girlfriend is washing the dishes one day. And she's bumping that black eyed pea shit that I got a feeling. Whatever, whatever. <laughs> she's like dancing around doing her thing. And, you know, in general, that's what she does. She she bops around. She bumps her Iggy's or this is or that's. And I realized all this shit once upon a time was the fucking club music. Like I have vivid memories of jumping yeah. around in circles to that very same <laughs> black eyed pea song. Doing my thing with all the other drunk fools. And um, now it's Taurus music. And then I realized, yo, that's just always kind of how it's been. So, yo, all y'all people turning up with your litty litties right now, that's Taurus music one day. And that's the best compliment I can give you because it means in 20 yeah. years, some mom out yeah. there and some dad out there is dancing, doing some sweeping shit. Either it's way. true. It's true. So I got it's brought true, back. That's the music that's, that's, that's what brings it to, like, it's a nostalgic feeling when you look, when you listen to music 10 years down the line and you're like, oh, you're doing your family thing, you know what I'm saying? You're you're on your P's and Q's at home, but you're like, yo, I remember what I was doing when this came out. Mm, it's a big insight. I remember, I remember when the Rockwilder came out with uh, yeah. Red Man. That's, I remember that was like, But we're going to wow. get there. Well, let's go all the way back, though, because the first question actually just brings it back, right? Because for me, I was thinking, though, my parents, right? They did this yeah. shit, too. So my dad's got the Zeppelins. My mom's got the discos. They're in the tapes. That's what's going on. They got the fucking much musics. The radios is going on. My dad had those amplifiers and you know those speaker wires where you had to actually cut yep. them and fucking yep. do that. Yeah, you had the two wires. One would plug into the white. One would plug into the red. Yeah, you'd have a lot of fun. And then um, all of that to say is, it made me realize that when it comes to our musical journeys. They don't actually start with those like typical things when we think when we go, oh, that's my first favorite songs. That's what you know, those that's not the start. That's actually a no. little bit down the line. The start yeah. is 
when the people who when you were super youthful your earliest memories it's like that shit that actually is the beginning of your musical journey it's it's the environment that surrounded you in the most youth youthfulness of youth so i was hoping you could walk us through what like a, a five-year-old meticulous was like you know going on what the sounds of his youth were you know were you dancing okay. what the technology was okay. like tell us about okay. all of that okay okay i was three years old when i picked up an acoustic guitar look at that and from there my parents saw that and i was in guitar lessons when i was four bruh i just wasn't expecting it to start so young <laughs> that's the youngest so far you are officially the youngest starter of your musical journey today yeah yeah that's just like learn you know what it is i i spent a lot of time learning theory you know like how to play guitar read music like at three I years hated old, the four years I old. hated the bar chords. I still hate bar chords to this day. What's a bar chord? <laughs> a bar chord is where you basically have to slap your whole finger across a whole bar, and then your other fingers have to hit other other notes. So it's just really. Did you have? I always like, hated. Did you have like a little guitar because you had little hands? Yeah, yeah. Back then I was a small dude. Back then I was a small. I probably got big when I was like six, seven. That's when I just shot up. Okay. You know, but, so but yeah, man, I started doing music like really, really, really young. I used to go to church when I was younger. And so our church had uh people who taught music. They okay. had an orchestra, there was a choir, there was there was a lot of there was a lot of um it was very musical. Mm. Very musical. So outside of church music though, what other kinds of stuff were you listening to? I mean I'm going to have to say at three, I'm going to assume your parents still kind of dictated the radio control and what music was actually being played around. Music, bro. CJAD talk show. Whoa. <laughs> you guys got talk shows? It wasn't even like music? Yeah. No music, bro. Whoa. Like, as a, again, like we went to church, so there wasn't really a lot of gospel music around it, like any and everywhere easily accessible, you know? Okay. And so they basically, it was just like, yo, just... You stay here. You're gonna you're gonna learn how to play. You're gonna learn how to play music, and then different musicians around would would like teach me. You know, yo, that's an actually really like distinct experience. Let's unpackage that for a second. So you're a young kid, like really young. Yeah. You you pick up a guitar. They're like, "Fuck it, you're gonna become a musical prodigy one day." Whatever. But you're not allowed to know. listen to music. You have to go to church and do that shit only. So I kind of empathize yeah. with that a little bit because I grew up in a in a Christian household, and uh, exactly, I was only exactly. there were phases of my life where my parents were what I would call super Christian, and during those phases, oh boy, man, the music had to be pure, right? Like it could it could not be you no know, secular shit. You are understanding me one hundred percent. Yeah, so secular being non-religious, but like basically, but that's that's an because yo, I have to to say like part of my like interest in music actually comes from church, from like going to like Christian youth group concerts and shit all like that. My, there was like a all band of there. My, my music was that. So how long does that last for? Because I guess you're getting an education then, and you're learning. Yo, what's your favorite church tune? Bro, you're going back in time, man. That's that's the goal right now. You're going back in time. Yo. <laughs> wow. Um, yo. 
I, I honestly, I don't even remember them. That's fair, man. I only remember like I'm like I'm literally like you're talking about like the church hymns and stuff like this. Yeah, like personally, yeah. I like the one that's like our God is an awesome God. He reigns. Okay, that's my okay, shit. Okay, that's my okay, shit. Okay, okay. So listen, with that specific song, the one thing that was crazy with us because our church we had an orchestra, like a full orchestra, like brass, trumpets, uh, flutes, uh, strings, Woo! all of that. Everything. That's what this is where I we're gonna get into all of that. We're gonna get into all of that. But that's where I got all my musical like background from. Was playing a lot of these instruments, learning them and playing them. So that specific song had a crazy rendition that we that our orchestra had played. Every Tuesday was rehearsal, every Sunday was the time. Mm. That was it. I have to say, of all the church hymns, if you ever want a good time, type in Our God is an Awesome God Techno Remix, and that shit just slaps. Like, it slaps fucking hard. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. Like, it's not what you would expect me to say, but that melody is powerful, and you could make a whole orchestral jam out of it, but you could also go in whole other directions with it. But that's sick, yeah, man. Yeah, I don't, I don't doubt it now. Mm. <laughs> But that's sick, man. So you were really like involved in this for how long? I guess this is your whole childhood or my whole childhood was was this. I started doing sound engineering when I was like nine, ten. Okay. Let's before we get to sound engineering, um, as you're going through your youth, you're doing this music shit with the church. Is there anything like crazy, interesting that goes down, stories you want to share? Like pretend this is Wikipedia and you get to control anything that goes into this portion of your early life. Man, I'm just remembering all of the rehearsals. That's even important, I'm though. Uh, yo, tons of rehearsals. I spent, honest to goodness, honest to God, I spent a lot of time at church. Like, I was at school, and then uh, go home, learn music, music practice, practice guitar, Tuesdays, go down to church when all of the rest of the music program was like rehearsing. And uh, yeah, man. And I started to actually, then I started to actually um, do the, the, do my music school first. And then I would go upstairs and then they would have me actually playing with the orchestra just to keep practicing. And That's so crazy. this is what really showed me and taught me you know, harmonies and what each instrument's power really is. And I just loved all of it. <laughs> I'm like immersed deeply in music from, you know, uh, I would say I started doing that when I was like maybe six years old. That's like, no, you guys realize we're not even past the double digit ages. <laughs> and already meticulous has clocked probably more experience than most people in the game. In Montreal, at least. <clears throat> Not all. Yeah. A lot of y'all OGs are still in lot. it. There's a lot. But there's yeah, a lot there's more a lot youngins in the game there. now. So I'm saying that, like, if you're, like, from, like, by the time you're 10, you're already clocking fucking seven years experience, guy. That's how long it's supposed <laughs> to take to make. That's how long it took Kendrick to go in the back end and get to the point of Section 80, right? So, like, yeah. you clock yeah. that. Yo, I'm a big believer in the 10,000 hours to perfection idea. Exactly. Exactly. This is, I heard that when I was young, 
I heard that in my teens, and I was like, well, I well surpassed that. You know? Yeah. I remember when I realized I had passed the 10,000 point. I'm like, yeah, that's some real shit. They can't take it from yeah. me. Yeah. Yo, man, it's a, it's a, it's a, you know, stood up straight. That's your, you know what I'm saying? Like, uh uh-uh, uh, you know? <laughs> nah, it's, that's amazing, it's a good dude. feeling, man. Because a lot of people, you got to realize, like, on the story, we'll pause for a second, but you got to realize a lot of people nowadays, they start things and then because of the fact that it gets a little bit hard, it gets a little bit, uh, you know, the ground is a little bit sticky or you have to walk on eggshells or, you know, there's something. So with all of these little, little things that you end up having to do, they go back to square A. Then they might change their direction and start walking again. But because of the fact that now there's a little bit of clouds, now the the, the grass isn't cut. It's not as nice. Uh, You know what I'm saying? Like, you can't see the mud holes. Now they got to back up and they go back. So a lot of people never. I hear you. They man. never get off the starting point. And I really like what Merker uh, Miyagi had to say. 10K hours. You mean lap one. And I'm like, fair point. Because eh? <laughs> at this point, it's yeah. like, oh, you only have 10K hours. It's like, oh, now you're going up against the guy. You know, there are people. And I know that like this is when I realized I should probably find something else because like I don't think I'm ever going to be able to compete as the best. There are people who can literally rap like nine hours a day because that's all they I do. And I'm like, yo, at the end of the day, like I might be good, but I'm certainly not practicing like that. And I don't know how to compete with that level. I mean, I practiced for years and whatever, whatever. But so like when but you think about how it practice. stacks up. And when the real competition is out there and then, yo, that doesn't mean it's unattainable. You shouldn't pursue things. It just means that like understanding what's actually out there is really key. And I love what you said there, because don't get me wrong. Any tangent that lets us go talk about some shit like this, beautiful stuff, man. That's a knowledge nugget you just dropped. Shit's hard. And people don't, you gotta, you gotta like plow through. You can't be backtracking. Like you can't, if you backtrack, you failed already. Time is still moving forward. Mm. Time is consistently going forward. You're supposed to be going forward with time. And if you're not going forward with time, what's happening? Time's still moving. You're on pause. Time goes forward. You're behind. I feel like that's really a powerful thing to say at the start of 2021 with the context of the last year of most of our lives. Um, <laughs> but um, I didn't let that happen. That's the whole reason as to like, as you said at the beginning, like, that's the whole reason as to why I have so many different things I'm doing is because most people pause. Mm, but that is way too like, far in the timeline of this story. And we're going <laughs> to play with the concept of time and bring it all the way That's back it. to like you as a seven, eight year old. So you said you started producing about back then, which is fascinating. We're going to have to elaborate on that more. But I'm curious if over this course of life, you start going to school and shit. Do you start getting exposed to pop music more? Or you get exposed to more yeah, shit yeah. outside of church music or is it still mostly yeah. church music? I get it. I start to get influenced. I start to listen to to more music because look now. OK. About uh, about age nine, this is back in the day. I used to live in Lachine. Mm. I was, uh, yeah, man. My, me, I have an older sister and a younger brother, and we all used to live in like Lachine with her parents on Louis Paré. I'm never gonna forget that, man. You know, life, man. You never forget your history, your roots. So, hey, were you born there? Was that like where you're from? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I was all Lachine. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. I was born at the ch- the old where the children's hospital used to be down at Atwater. Okay. Um, I was okay, born okay, there. Okay. Okay. And, uh, yeah. Yeah, man. So, uh, in Lachine, 
when I got to about grade four, that's when they the school started to realize about my music powers. <laughs> okay, okay. So they had um they put me in um the music program and I was playing the ukulele. The little four string baby guitar. Smaller than a banjo. I was playing that bad boy. And because of how fast I was excelling, because of the fact that I was already playing guitar, they put me on the big bass, like the cello. So I was like, like stand yeah. Up? yeah. yeah. And I was already shit. a big, I was already a big boy at that time too. So I was able, they saw that I was able to hold that. They were like, yo, that's you. So I said, okay, cool. And so I really excelled with that, you know? That's amazing. That was, uh, that was great. By the time I was on that, on the cello, I was in grade six. And uh, grade seven, I ended up in Lachine High. Right across the street, I went to Meadowbrook as an elementary. And yeah. right across the street was Lachine High School at the time. Now it's Lakeside. All right, Lakeside so Academy. we got to roll it back a little bit because you know, high school, you're like 12, 13, right? And you said you started producing at like 10. So we got well, engineering at church. That's when I started to do the sound now engineering. We got to go into that a little bit before we go into okay. high school because that's also okay. fucking fascinating. Okay. Okay. So, um, I used to as a kid, I would get. I don't know. I was just always involved. I would always just get involved with things, you know. So I started doing things like ushering, and um, I was already doing all the music. Then one time I'm work, I'm in the balcony and I see the sound guy and I see him sitting in front of all of these lights. And remember back in those days, that's when Star Trek and Star Wars was popping ah! on TV. And so anything with bright lights, you, you're looking like the captain of a ship because you've got all these lights in front of you and you control it all. So I'm looking at this dude with the soundboard and I said, Oh, he's controlling all of these mics and what everybody hears. I need to do that. That looks interesting. So I just, not to say gave up on everything else, but like I, I was, I, I less focused over there and less lost a little bit of focus over here. And I saw that and I was like, okay, I want to do that. Mm. So I had, um, you know, over the course of, I learned how to engineer and then I was just engineering from age nine, age 10, right through till age 17. Yo, hold up. What church was it? Evangel. Where's that? Down at Atwater. Okay. Okay. So shout out yeah. Matthew, Nathan. I don't know how to say that last name up on Facebook for shouting out Evangel Stand Up where it all started. <clears throat> so respect. They all know. They all know I have a lot of people around me now. I have a lot of people in my life that's now coming back around. It's really interesting because I don't know. Life is just very interesting thing to it's, it's finicky, and Yo, I just appreciate biggest of how facts, it all dude. operates. One time, just on that note, I worked with this girl when I was like seventeen, and we hated each other. I think it was one of those we didn't know how to talk to each other, and it was just the two of us in a video store. It was awful. Um, Years later, we're like chatting it up a storm and shit. You know, I don't know. A decade goes by yeah. and everything changes, and people just are completely different than they were when they were young. Um, 
Yo, yeah. that's where the Pokemon spot was. That's what my girlfriend is saying. That's where we played Pokemon at next to that church and catching all the Pokemon. Okay, in the park. That. Yeah. So I know Across exactly where you're at. Okay, okay. Yo, those people were cool. That church was like out there like giving waters to people and like making sure people's was like fine. Big yeah. respect. We did, we did a lot of different things. Like I remember we did different like um different events in the park mm. where we would have to like set up the sound system and stuff. And by that time I was like, that's what I was doing. You know, mm, set up the sound exposure. system from scratch, set it up, let the show happen, and then tear down the equipment. You know, and I started learning how to do all that. I was at that time, I was like 13, 14. All right, so we'll get to that. So, that so you basically yeah. saw the Star Trek ship and you said, I want control it, the captain. And I suppose, yeah. you know, what's crazy is now that I look at music, I see what you're seeing now, and how me as the MC guy, I'm not really driving this ship at fucking all. It's really the producer dudes who drive all that ship. And I'm yeah, just like, I noticed that when I was like that age, I was like, that's the control. Mm. That's why it's called the control room. That's big facts, eh? Um, all right, so you start getting into that. I assume church starts teaching you. You get the opportunities there. And yeah, then you I have, like, three or four different guys that, like, really invest time and teach me how to do this. That's amazing. Like, and this is all – and because of the fact that this is all in church, I did this all, and this was all for free. Yo, churches are cool like that. No, you like, know, this is all knowledge that I just started to absorb. This is all knowledge for free. So I just was like, okay, well, let's do that. You know? I like that. That's really cool. And there's a big community element there. Like people are just invested in helping you for like the sake of helping you. That's sweet. Like that's a that's like sweet in this world, you know? Bro, it's it's the purest form of help. That's nice. I don't, I don't mean that like in a bad way. It's just a nice thing to Bro, hear. Um, it's a, I, I greatly appreciate it because like I wouldn't be where I am now. Um, all right. So you get into high school. And I guess stuff starts changing. But at this point, somewhere along the way, you must be like breaking out of church music and going, nah, this yeah, yeah, yeah. I like, like some stuff remember, here. I'm in school right now playing, like, remember grade four, grade five, grade six, I'm in school playing music. So now they have us playing like their music. They're giving us sheet music and we're reading it and playing it. But like, what's your mm -hmm. like favorite kind of music at this time? Let's uh, let's bring it in that direction because that's what I think. Time? Yeah, like, what's the beginning of your favorite music? I'm not as you know. That's the most interesting part of your influences. What is like like for me? I'll tell you. It was the thong song. I was 12 years old, and it was the thong song. It was the first song I ever heard that I said that's my shit. And maybe it was the subject matter, and maybe it's because Cisco's a monster. But that was my shit for that <laughs> moment. And after that, I cared about music in like a different way as a fan, not like because yeah. yo, as a, there's a difference between being a guy who's in music and being like a fan. Do you remember what made you a fan of some shit that wasn't church music? Wu Tang, love it. <laughs> the crossover for me to hip hop mm. was Wu Tang Triumph in '97, but that's later. That's a later discussion. Okay, so you're still up on that church music, and I guess yeah, the school's I've been doing gospel music for a very, very, very long time. And then, uh, grade four, that's when we start to do to to play music that the school's given us to play. You know what I'm saying? So I'm still not listening to too much music like on the radio. I hear different songs like, uh, yo, uh, yo, CJD used to play, um, music, randomly. <laughs> um, I had no idea. Old school, like bro, they used to play like. CJD no, is talk radio for those who don't know because I know at least Golden Yeah, Jam on the AM, you have to, you know what I'm saying? It's on the AM. That's how, like, 
I had no idea. Not even FM radio. AM, you know? Yeah, man, they used to play random songs, man. Um, man, all the old, like, bro, a lot of songs from the 70s, the 60s, like, the 80s, like, a lot of, like, classic music. Random times, man. It was it was pretty dope, man. Uh, man, Yellow Submarine. That's amazing. We all live in yeah. It was, that's where I got that song from. And that's where I was like starting to hear music. And I'm like, this is actually pretty, like, the way that they're manipulating his music. You, know, you just start seeing that and you're like, but that's different from what I'm doing. <laughs> so that's where it's like, yeah, it's that's where I'm really starting to realize that. I'm like, how do I get from playing these these gospel songs to that it's crazy that you pick that track that era of beatles right because that's when the engineering goes ape shit and you're like an engineer and you pull that where like it isn't necessary <laughs> that's what the excellence really is that's crazy <laughs> man people people really do that like you'll find the rappers pick like rappers and like the beat makers are like yo this the alchemist or whatever you know and then you'll get like but that's crazy you're like yo the engineer's the fire part oh the engineer I realized at a young age was clutch in every single situation that happens in music and engineers need it. Love it. It's true though. I mean, whether you do it yourself or you pay somebody, you need an engineer. There's an engineer. There's not, it's, it's beautiful that you're saying this, man. So why not do both? Do my own engineering and then engineer for other people. Yeah, that you know, makes so, a lot of sense. But you do have to like it. Like, I feel like you have to like it, and not everybody likes it. You have to love it. music. It's not to say a specific genre. Mm. What Bro. I mean is I love music. music. I do not love engineering. I like working <laughs> with engineers. So, like, liking engineering is a measure of patience that I do not have. Yeah. You have to be willing because to listen to there. the same song. I fucking hate recording, dude. Like, the fact that I have to do it for hours sometimes drives me nuts. I can only imagine, mm -hmm. like, when you spend nine hours on a track, like, that's the same sound. Oh, like, I, I'm personally, I'm, I'm not really that guy. Yep. But I admire all of y'all because, yo, I don't think I could be here today if it wasn't for engineers and people like you in this game. And I know a whole bunch of people that are deep down inside feel the same way because we can't do shit when it comes to engineering. Don't get me wrong. I can do a bullshit EQ. But it's bullshit. And yeah, you, know it. <laughs> you, you know what you can do. You know what it is. And I and I sometimes I tell people to do this of it. Like now, is uh, send me a copy of what it is that you want it to sound like, and let me see if I can make it sound better. That's it. <laughs> I love it. You know? uh, but you're you're like that's your game. That's what you do. And you can also yeah. MC and shit. So you're also multi talented. Um, were you also into vocals when you were young, or was it mostly a backing no. thing? So no. I, it was all learning. Actually, you know what? I'm lying. I'm lying. I'm lying. I'm lying. Actually, I, I just remembered. I just remembered. Uh, we used to also, like, I was also part of the choir. Oh, okay. I was also part of the choir. Um, like we, but that's later on. Not not much at that age, actually. Actually, okay. now that you think about it, it's like uh, a little bit later on because like I was a part of the youth choir. All right. Um, so that's later on. So let's say you're about six. You're moving into high school now. You're engineering. You're learning school music, which is probably skewing more classical and shit. Uh, yes. 
You're, so that's interesting because yeah. your your background then starts with gospel and classical, which is yeah. power, which you can actually really hear in your music today. Like you can hear it in the beats. Like we even in that spacey shit you released in 2020, which I thought was pretty fucking fire. Um, you can hear that kind of elements of it. It almost has like one a of them bit. almost has a gospel esque sample vocal kind of looped in to add as like your hook. I felt like in that track. So it's crazy to think that in 2020 you can almost tie into what you're doing today these parts of your story from the roots it's fucking cool you know i just gotta say shout out scribble because you followed me earlier today and whenever a person follows you guys to do the shout out and scribble oh, is sure. like a fucking real one man this guy's got an album coming where he worked with a whole bunch of cool people so shout out scribble y'all should follow that dude um anyhow uh back to meticulous the star of our show today um you're in high school, I guess. We moved into that. What is going on in your world? Tell us about high school, okay, how so things evolve. A grade bit. seven, grade seven. We start off across the street from elementary was 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 uh, Lachine High. Mm. I went to Lachine High. We did. Um, I was in the music program there. I played the trumpet, the trombone, the euphonium. What the fuck? And the tuba. What's a euphonium? Okay. Euphonium is basically a smaller tuba. Okay. How do you spell euphonium? Oh, bro. Uh, I found e it. No, I got it. I got it. I'm just going to pull it yeah. over. We're going to cover your face for a second. Everybody's going to see <laughs> euphonium. And now we're all going to know. And now we're done. All right. So you played the euphonium. I played the euphonium. Yes, sir. Played the trumpet, trombone, euphonium, and the tuba. All in grade seven. Okay. You, you are all in grade seven, right? That's what I mean. Because I realized when it comes to brass, it's all about like how you position your mouth. It's just literally just blown into the, into the mouthpiece and you have to position your mouth in order to get the higher octaves or the lower octaves, you know? So the, the comment sections like, thank you for explaining what the fuck are you for, for me? At? <laughs> None of us know what the fuck that was, man. Your respect though, that's man. fucking fire. So yo, I like that. It's all got a consistency to it. So it kind of like a language. You find a root grammar of how to pursue the instrument and you fucking can apply that to multiple sectors of it. That's some knowledge nuggets. Yeah. Yeah. I literally just said, okay, this is how you do it on the trumpet. So let me try the trombone. And the, and the music teacher was like, okay. And so I tried the trombone and did it. Uh, yo, I tried to play the flute too, but I couldn't get no air through that. Oh, I couldn't so the get flute's the a whole different grammar. Yeah. I couldn't get the air through that one, man. So I, I said, it. okay, cool. Nah, next. You know? Yeah, you're already dropping um, me. Just to let y'all know, by comparison, at this age, I can bust the Titanic song at the on the recorder, and that's the highlight of my musical life. <laughs> I remember the recorder, too. That was in grade three. That was in, like, grade four, five, and six for me. Okay, so you guys went to the recorder route. Yeah, we went the recording they, they, and they would like make you play everything on that shit. And then you, but for, for years. So by grade six, they would find a few pop tunes here and there. So like we did like this Aerosmith song. We did like um, the fucking, like I said, the Titanic, but not the complicated, but like D, 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 F sharp, D. And you know what? It's crazy because if I think about it, I actually learned to read sheet music playing the recorder in elementary yeah. school and i know a lot Little of people struggle like about it but every good boy deserves fudge and face or things yes, i never and forgot face. i never forgot yes. either of them um yes <laughs> and then the bass clef was simple mm. a right through 
so I never did that one. I just learned the treble clef, but I always liked okay. the bass clef, Mark, because one day I bought a bass and I played bass guitar for a quick minute, but that never, that's it's broken in my, like, I still have her, but, like, she's broken. I have one in my closet. Um, that's dope, man. All right, so you are right, playing a bunch of brass shit. The wind shit is not your shit. That's what we just No, actually, oh, I killed the clarinet. In okay, grade eight. okay, so the flute, so grade seven, you can't handle it. Yeah. By the time you go a year in life, you fucking And I passion. also moved that time, because in 97, we moved from Lachine, and we got a spot in the West Island, DDO. Respect, where at DDO? Uh, basically, uh, behind, uh, what's that? B Baton Rouge. Okay, okay. I was on Hyman yeah, and Sunnybrook so for, a for a minute. Okay, okay, I was okay. On, I was over there. When I turned 18 over there, I learned real quick. Who's that, Bucktown? That is Bucktown. So uh, I, turned, mm. I, I became an adult in Bucktown. That's Yeah. Uh, that's Yo, uh, shout out to H-Man. Shout out to all the man them. You I back? know H-Man. Because at the time, okay. in high school, I went by H-Man. And then I, at the time, I had switched ah. to H-Bomb. And then I found out ah. that could be offensive to people, so I shouldn't be H-Bomb. So then I moved into my name. Um, but H-Man, I remember the first thing I said is, I used to be H-Man, and I didn't have any politics <laughs> in fact then. Not the smartest introduction. Yeah, yeah man. Uh, he went to my high school. Okay. He went to Lindsay Place. That's where I, I ended up going from Lachine High to Lindsay Place, and they have a real crazy music That's program. That's true, man. That is big they facts. Have a real crazy music program. So my parents got me into there. Yeah, and, uh, that's a nice yeah. school. Donut school, two floors, man. Big circle. It's a question. If you don't mind aging yourself, when did you finish high school? I was seventh. I didn't grad. I didn't fill no school, no classes. I felt. I mean, I didn't no, feel no about, grade. Not aging. I just meant approximate year of when you finished high school. I don't care. But oh, when I finished high school, two thousand one. Yeah. Okay, okay. So you're a little older than. Yeah. Me. Yeah, 2001. So at this time, are you growing up in the tape era, transitioning to CDs? Do you guys have vinyls? Oh, yo, bro. This point, that's when I start listening to the radio. Okay. That's when Don Smooth kicks in. Actually, you know what? It starts with it starts with Duke Eatman, the guy before Don Smooth. This is on K103? This is on K103. All right. All right. This is Duke, Duke Eaton. He Duke used to play hip-hop on the... Yeah, he used to play hip hop on the on the radio, um, before Don Smooth got that job, mm. and then Don Smooth killed it. Don Smooth was a flawless victory every night, you know. <laughs> y'all, if y'all want to know more about Don Smooth, just make sure you tune in on February first because we blessed to have Don Smooth coming through. Yes, you know I'm gonna be watching that man. Honestly, mm. that guy's name has come up on almost every interview from a Montrealer. I had no idea who he was because I'm fucking ignorant to this shit. I'm just like in my own corner. You weren't around in these times. I'm no, because people my age knew who he was. I wasn't in tune in these times, so like I guess you could say I wasn't in the in the scene or involved. But like, still, I also made no effort in those days. So like, it was kind of like a big like fucking shock to find out. Honestly, because I started rapping in 2012, right? And at that time, I'm okay. one of those arrogant motherfuckers that y'all don't really like. Um, and then uh, I'm talking to my shit, and I'm not really learning shit until, like, much later. And then, honestly, it wasn't until 2020, even, really, when I had my uh, sit-down with Preacher and Cobia. 
and in two hours he covered 96 to 99 or something like that it took him two hours to get through three years of montreal history and it just made me go holy fucking shit there is a lot i do not know and that's kind of like been my mission since so like i'm on this like retro northern lights like these guys i know justice mcfly because I happen yes, to okay. work with him in corporate America land. He, I know him by the government version of his name. And I, he, mm. the first thing he said to me is stop rapping. <laughs> and I was like, he's like, you don't know, you can't fuck with the business. And I'm like, um, it turned out maybe <laughs> I was like, that's fair. Um, it wasn't about talent or anything. It was, I don't think you can handle the business side of this. I don't think he was right. Uh, he, you know, we, we're cool, me and him. But uh, that was the first thing he said to me. However, back then he was fucking right. I was not like I didn't even know shit about shit. When, I was, when, when did you? When did you meet him? When was this? 2016. Like when did you first? Whenever he did that video with the eight mobs in the crates, it was around okay. then. It was around okay. then because I knew him when he wrote that track. I heard a lot about the whole story of that track, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So I knew him then. Um, and I worked with him. Yo, let's just give Justice his flowers. That guy did the game for a long time. And then he fucking studied. He told me this for five years on the low. He studied the books and he learned SEO. And then I watched him come into my company and I watched him own shit. I watched him do what he had to do. And I watched him almost like double his shit and like go on to greener pastures where he gets per diems and fucking travels. And like, yo, that guy is one of my personal heroes. Because I watched yeah. him flip corporate America and never sell out, and I don't. I you just people. Nobody does that. Everybody sells out, but not Mr. McFly. And he's dad of the year and all the things. Like there's like, yo, he's got no, no, not no smut on his name. Fucking big respect to Justice no, McFly. Legend. Yeah. Legend. That's why I had to be like, yo, because me, I, I had a big relationship with um with Double Deuce, you know. I'm not even sure who Double Deuce is. I've never. I've he was never another seen. dude in the in the in the squad. Fair enough. Yeah, yeah. So like, that was later on when I was like, that's that's a that's that's another that's another point. You know, like that's later on. Yeah. Nah, it's just you said but, Northern uh, Lights. I'm like, yeah, justice. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. But there's a lot. Man. There's a lot. But Northern Lights was like, that's where I really that's where I really kicked off with like Montreal rap. So were you, but you said you got into hip hop with Wu Tang, and when you were seventeen, yeah, ninety-seven, and that's and that before that you wouldn't have been paying that much attention. Did you listen to any shit before that outside of the Beatles, or was it like you know just kind of still just random little songs that was just on the radio is what I was listening to at that time, and then I was so busy learning music that I didn't really listen. to Mm, okay i can kind of feel where you're coming from actually i feel like a lot of people i talk to who really get into their shit kind of block out the rest of the world as they're focused on their shit it's like it's not yeah. actually an uncommon thing um all right so you in 97 you're i guess you're a teenager now you're in high school uh fucking mm -hmm. wu-tang comes out with that's where that's where don smooth i'm listening to video. this on the radio all of this on the radio with don smooth matter of fact back then um, I was watching, I watched the interview with Merker and it made me think back in the days I used to record music off of the radio to make my mixtapes for the school bus the next day. 
Yo, literally yeah, when, I, when I'm to... talking to the New York guys, they're like, I used to sit up there and listen to Stretch and Bobito and do exactly the same fucking thing. And now you're yeah, basically man. like Don Smooth's that guy. Yo, bro, like, so I would sit down on the radio. Sit, I, actually, I, was, I remember this because we had already moved to the West Island. And uh, I'm in my room. And this is when I'm starting to listen to secular music. You know what I'm saying? Because like, like, yeah, yo, I do. There's music out there, like, yo, they said this music fuck. Is fire, you know? So I got my little headphones, I'm standing, I got a, I got a stand-up bureau, so I have a little radio on there. I'm adjusting my little headphone, my, 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 uh, my, uh, the stand that pops up on the radio, the little, the metal, the metal, the metal, okay, um, okay, okay. I'm adjusting so I don't get no static. I'm like, all right, cool. And I got my headphones on so that way my, nobody else is really listening to the music that I'm about to listen to because I'm about to be, I'm about to be the devil at home, according to everybody. You know what I'm saying? So, yes, I'm listening to the music in my headphones and I'm like, oh, record, boom. And I'm listening to so record tracks as 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 Don Cruz playing tracks. And I, as I think that he's about to stop the song and start talking, I press stop. Okay. And so. Now I got this track and I'm I'm literally making tapes for the bus. So that way when I get on the bus, I, I end up becoming cool with the bus driver to the point where he's now like, I'm like, yo, can you do me a favor actually? Yo, can you put this on? And so he starts now realizing the flex and the bus, yo, the bus appreciates the fact that now we got the music when we on the way to school and it's all clean music because it's from the radio. Mm. So, and this is not an era school. where they're saying fuck on the radio because I'm pretty sure they can swear on K103 now, can't they? Uh, I don't remember. No, but they couldn't back then, though. Mm. It was still clean music. Fair enough. That's that's a hack, eh? That's a yeah. hack for the kids. Was, Go steal this from radio. So <laughs> <laughs> that's what I used to do, right? Like, it got to a point, like, oh man, like, I remember I went to. Man, what's that boy, Chris Ray? Yo, shout out to Chris Ray, man. This guy, I remember he would even he would even tell other people, yo, you're not playing your music. He's playing music. You know, like <laughs> So I did music man, for yeah. a very long time. So you're a curator mm -hmm. off the jump too. Because that's a curator yeah. at that point. Basically, I was and then and then it got to the point where I was like, okay, let me record all of all the songs. And then I was like, yo, let me get another tape. And let me put the best song first. So then I was like, one tape was just to record off of the radio, and the other tape was the one for the bus. All right. So you started yeah. blending together the perfect mix based off of the hip-hop bangers of the late end of the golden era. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what we would drive to school with. Y'all probably too young for that, eh? We, we would ride to school. Bang! Like it was, it was, we would tell the bus driver, "Yo, when we get close to the school, man, turn that up." So we would get to the school, and our our bus is like blaring music. Like all the rest of the kids in school were like, "What the?" You know, parents are like, "But we just, we just, man, we had we had fun, man. We had a lot of fun." I'm glad, man. <laughs> Right. Yeah, you brought back a lot of memories right now. <laughs> that, that's the goal, yo. This is how we like actually dig out the crates, yo. Cause Duke Eaton, now I got a better name. 
to even go back further on, right? So we dug through this, and you helped dig through yeah. the crates of history so that we can find some other shit, you know? Um, it's dope, though, because this is your story at the end yeah. of the day. These are all things that are the meticulous story, and you're, we're yeah, meticulously yeah. flowing through the details of those stories. Yo, family, thank you for having me on here. My pleasure, dude. You're a great guy. Thanks. I've seen you for the years putting in the work. You're... Um, you're a guy I'm aware of. Um, in general, you've been dope. You, you, you've been, like, very friendly towards what we're doing. But, like, mostly, you're just a fun dude to talk to. You're always smiling. <laughs> you're always being in this positive force. I ain't seen you. I mean, you're like all the other bosses. When you decide to make a rebuke the scene post, it's very fucking clear. But otherwise, you're fucking pleasant, you know? <laughs> and I noticed that with all the other people trying to boss up. Like, sometimes you... You, you have a vibe, and then most of the time it's like, boss, this, but and then like, yo, who wants to do this crazy new idea that I thought of last week and I'm going to collect people for? Who wants yeah. to do this next cool crazy idea I just thought of? <laughs> and I'm like, fuck is this guy? He just keeps fucking coming up with it. Like, so if you're going to do the long-ass yeah. interview game and you're going to cherry-pick people, those are the guys to like go for the ones who are like constantly coming up with new ideas because they're the ones who are going to be tangents for days yeah yeah i agree with that i agree with that thank you man thank you for noticing man, right, man that's basically man. what it is at the end man i'm just i realized when i like when i came back i realized just put in the work people will see and I realized that too, but like only after years of putting in the work that people were like telling me they noticed because nobody tells you at first. No. <laughs> they tell you like down no, the line. Because they need to see the consistency. Facts. That's the biggest knowledge nugget to this fucking moment is consistency is key. They need to see the consistency. They need to see that you're consistent. This is what you do. This is what you say you're going to do. Okay. Let me, let me sit back and watch this. Because. Mm. Because the other side of it is how many times do people have ideas and 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 ideas. Okay, okay, you guys get it. And then they sit down and don't do nothing. That's what it is. And I mean, project management's a fucking art, right? Like, it's a fucking whole thing. And it's a whole thing that you got to learn about if you really want to take. Like, yo, let's be real. If you're a rapper, an album is a project. And if you manage your project with project management strategy, then you will effectively release your album. It might not go according to plan, but that's part of it project management. <laughs> it never goes according to plan. Not one time. I not, it never goes according to plan. I don't care who you are. Like, there's always a little baby hiccup somewhere. Mm, that's true. But the fact is, is people want to see how you roll with that shit. And I like that because that's where consistency comes in. Um, exactly. And, I don't know. A lot of people, a lot of people don't like how hard it can be sometimes to capture the attention of people. But there's also yeah. a lot of people trying to capture that attention. So I totally appreciate the, the fucking consistency thing. Uh, to me, that's like a big thing too. Like, let's be real. About a year and a bit ago, you hit me up and we're like, I got beats. One time you told me you wanted beats, and some I guess you wrote that shit down or something, and then you hit me up when you were ready. I got beats now. And I'm like, I just spent money on beats. I don't have money now. (laughs) (laughs) And it was like, your timing was not great. But I caught note of that because I was like, yo, who the fuck like takes note of, you know how I stayed? Urban Logics was like that one time. Urban Logics hit me up like 18 months later on some shit. Shout out to Urban Logics. 
Yeah, or Don Lennon now. Shout out to Urban Logics. Matter of fact, the whole Royal Peasants Yo. squad. Yeah, we get, we gonna get there. We gonna get there. We I gonna know. get there. I know. We gonna get there. All right, so let's go back to your seventeen or fifty high school Wu Tang rap music. Band. Okay, uh, what's going on so, there? Okay, so I have two paths. One is the school path, and one is what's happening still at church. I by this time now both paths. Then you can pick which yeah, one you want to do first. Yeah, um, we'll finish through the. We'll do. We'll do the high school right through. All right, we'll do the high school right through. So grade. Um, so I get to I get to Lindsay Place High School. That was that's in Point Claire, and uh, that's in. Uh, I'm there in '98, mm -hmm. and uh, the music program is serious. You have to end up selling. Um, you know, they have a music uh, big a big production that they do at the end of the year. And so we had to end up selling a bunch of orange that was from Florida to help raise money for the for this production. <laughs> so I would take these that big boxes. <laughs> I would take these uh these forms to my church and flip oranges like crazy. <laughs> I remember flipping oranges like just flip them, you know. My dad was was on it with me, so he was like, he just knew everybody at the church, and he was just like, "Hey, it's orange time!" And that form was full. So, yeah, I even remember the bringing chocolates to church once. I've I've done that grind, bro. I've done the grind, bro. That was my that was my that was my like, yo, I'm gonna bring these, I'm gonna bring this form to the church, and then I'm gonna bring them a bunch of oranges. They're good, boom. So every year. Up until about grade ten, because that's when I then I'm like I'm tired of like of playing this type of music, not by because by that time I started doing my own thing, but um yeah man by about grade nine that's when I start getting like I guess you could say like influenced by other people and okay. I start double I start like you know it's not to say a little this was back when um. Man, I don't know if you remember this, man. All the teachers went on a strike one year. So yes. There was no yeah, because okay. I was still in school, elementary. Yeah. But yeah, I remember. Yes. Okay. This time, all the teachers went on strike. So we had no sports. Basketball was done. Football was done. I'm like, bruh. So me and the mans, we start. And this was when. It was um, 2000. This was, yeah, this is when Fight Club was popping. That was a fight club happened. So we started our own little fight club. <laughs> what? No, man. We started our own little fight club, man. Um, I went to high school with like all of the masks from like Black Mob. You know what I'm saying? Like, no, I don't know what you you're saying. saying. This is no, this is like a whole other a whole other squad of dudes from like the West. Okay. You know, this is like another another music group at the time. Well, we were they weren't even really doing music at the time. They were just boys from they were all from Bucktown. Okay. You know, and so uh, yeah, man. So we ended up doing a whole fight club, and uh, we uh, it's no UK so. You're only allowed to give a person a, like like if you're punching a man, you're only allowed to punch him where your t-shirt is covering. You're not allowed no head shots, no neck shots, no arm shots, no. Like, and you can and nothing. You basically have to, be able to tap out. 
Yeah, no bait shit. You know what I'm saying? No bait shit. Don't bait out the scene. This is the only thing we have happening. They didn't even have this place sports. Like, just, our school was a big circle. So our lunch periods was just walk around the circle. Are you dumb? So we went downstairs and we started a fight club. We had a one dude sitting over by the staircase waiting for if there's a teacher, he makes a sound, and we all just end up just stopping and doing exactly what we're doing, and we just circle around. It was still big, because the teacher's looking at us like, what are you guys doing? Nothing. 20 guys. Like, it was still kind of big, you know, so. I mean, <laughs> listen, this is, this is why I love this show. No one was expecting <laughs> that. No one was expecting that. <laughs> Nah, man. It's serious, man. I remember that shit. Like, I remember that shit like it was yesterday. We had a one teacher at the school, Mr. Bertrand. Yo, this man was the man. Yo. Instead of, like, ratting you out with situations, he would just call you over and have a little personal conversation. Hold on, fuck up. Kimo also had a fight club. He used to call it two mans you fight for two mans, but us is no rules for two mans. Uh, I'm Kimo? like, yeah, my guy Kimo, the key to more greatness. Oh, true. This is uh not Kimo Soul, but a different. I was thinking Kimo. that's why I was that's why that's I was, why I was saying because Kimo, my Kimo's boy was like Kimo, but he spelled it K I M O. I'm like, wait, which Kimo? Because there's more than one. Oh, Kimo okay, now. Okay. So your okay. guy Kimo Soul, not that one, a different Kimo. Um, and <laughs> there's a lot of rappers in this city, dude. A lot of rappers in this city. I know. I know. We're going to get there, too. <laughs> All right. Um, so Fight Club happens unexpectedly. Yeah, we had Fight Club happen, and then uh, everybody had nicknames. Yo, tell me how. Um, and it was all... Okay, so... <laughs> all the nicknames had to do with, like, who you are, and it had to do with, like... For the Yo, record, we are not they, inciting violence. No one is encouraging a fucking fight club if anyone's watching this. Man, they're all locked at home right now. What you mean? Oh, actually, no, they're not. They're back at school. Oh, We're not inciting no, violence on my show, for the record. <laughs> You're just remembering. I'm just, yeah, we're, we're reminiscing right now, man. Reminiscing. This is memory stories. This is a once upon a time event. Definitely don't do this at home, kids. <laughs> <laughs> Why would that be? Right here, right now, man. <laughs> Yo, sometimes these people, these parents watch this shit like while they're doing homework with their kids and shit, and the kids tune it out because it's adult boring crap. But technically, mm -hmm. like from what I've been told, kids have been present while we're doing our show. Okay, interesting. Yeah, I'm okay oh. with that. Yo, okay. listen, if people oh. feel like I'm somehow child friendly, fucking shit, that's what it is. But uh, I'm not a parent. I don't know fuck all about that world. <laughs> I'm done. <laughs> nah, we still got we still got a lot of story left. We're still in high school. <laughs> I know, far from done, buddy. Far from done. <laughs> so yeah, we had nicknames within the squad, and they all had to do with like it was like an artist and like running away or dipping quick. Like my nickname was Notorious B.I.C. <laughs> Everyone had some sort of crazy ass nickname. That was mine. And uh, until one day, a letter goes home to my mom talking about the squad. 
I was like, oh, somebody's snitching out here for real. Like, what we were doing, all the different times we did. Yo, somebody caught, somebody got bite, and somebody said, I have no idea who it was to this day, but I just remember getting the letter. And so I remember going home one day, and uh, I remember going home one day. My mom asked how the day's going. I'm like, oh, the day's good. Yeah, I'm good. And, uh, yeah, okay, well, hey, I got something in the mail. I was like, oh, yeah? What's that? Pulls out a letter. Yeah, read this. This is going back to some scary fucking times. Uh, so I'm reading this letter, and I'm like, as I'm reading this letter, my heart's just it's just dropping floor to floor to floor. Like, I'm like, damn, damn. I didn't, you know, yeah, you know, got in a bit of trouble, you know, I just got the smoke. I wasn't catching. At this time, I, you know, we weren't getting beat no more, so we were, it was cool, you know. <laughs> But yo, like those things is what helped to raise us to who we are now. So like, I don't, I know, I don't knock it. Like especially now looking back at it, it's like, it is what it is. Like, it is what it is. <laughs> it's a different world that we live in today with a lot. More yeah, powers. we're in a world right now where it's like, yo, just I can but make you, a phone you call. Basically, I mean, oh did God. some world star hip hop shit as a teenager. Like we make fun yo, of that bro. shit sometimes bro. when we see it. That was you. Um, <laughs> yo, you got me going through memory. Oh, yo. <laughs> so, okay, so, so I don't know what else happened yeah, in high school. Was the fight. That ended Fight Club. That letter just killed it. How long did um, Fight Club last for? Yo, that must have lasted for like at least two months. Alright. Alright. At least two months. We had it running real nice. It was it was like, yo, eat lunch quick. Yo, eat lunch at recess. That's what that was. Eat lunch at recess and fight club at lunch. All right. Use the whole thing. I remember um, I remember this one dude. <laughs> not, not say no names, but, you know, shout out to Nanda. But I remember this one dude. They had me fighting this guy, and he, he was a really tall dude, and I was a really wide dude, so I just... He had long arms. <laughs> he had some really long arms. Think about like Slenderman, you know, like he had arms. So um, they had me fight this dude, but this was like, he ate lunch. He, I don't know what happened at recess, but he didn't eat at recess, so he ate at lunch. Yo, this was like back when wrestling was a big thing. So I remember giving oh. this dude, huh? Shout out Michelle Seven for the follow. Sorry, back to you. Uh, 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 uh. No, go ahead, go ahead. It's like a little commercial. No, okay. I, I, no, I just have to to say the the shoutouts when they follow because that's the rules on Twitch. True, true, true. So boom, um, this is back when wrestling was big, bro. Yeah. This was back when wrestling was big, and I used to be a big fan of like, yo, just simple things like yo. Remember the knife edge chop. Yes. The backhand to the chest? Yeah. I, made I did that red. to this dude. Yeah. I did the backhand to this dude. I did the backhand once, and he was like, yeah. <sighs> and then we continued. Then some, I don't know what happened, but I remember 
he was up against the wall, and I, I pinned him against the wall, and I just had my hand go against his chest. Yo, my man choked up lunch. <laughs> Fair enough. All right, so Fight Club happened. That was yo, that was that was a nice memory, man. What what happened after Fight Club? That was a nice memory, man. Well, after Fight Club, um, I remember switching out of music. That was like grade nine, so grade ten and grade eleven. That's when I started to really fuck up, fuck around with school, you know, because I was just like so. I was like, yo, I ain't gonna use none of this shit. I'm gonna do music. I already know from this time. So about fifteen, sixteen, I'm gonna do music because when I go back to 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 that age, what I was doing in church, you're gonna see how it starts to switch. Mm. Right, right, That's right, why right. I went this route first. That's why I went this route first. Um, so I was like, you know what? So grade 10, you know, start. Um, That's when I started um, grade 10. I was in like auto mechanic. I switched out of music entirely. My parents were like, no. But I was like, yeah, I'm good. I'm tired of this type of music. Honestly, I'm tired of all this classical. Like, it's not interesting to me anymore. Like, right. Now I know what I'm going to do. So I did auto mechanics. That's where we kicked in with Mr. Bertrand. And he was a dope teacher, man. He was just so, he was so cool, so laid back. So like, yo, I swear up to this day, this motherfucker smoked weed, man. Like at school or some shit, man. Like, cause this guy was too cool for school, literally. But he worked at a school. So it was just, whoa, you know? So he was cool. Um, I had him in grade, uh, in grade 10 and grade 11, because he was just so dope. I just stayed in that class. And I, I, that turned into a class where I just fucked around in, and I always was going to pass because I just had to show up, mm. you know? So, I don't know. I just started to, oh, no, 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 no. It wasn't that. That was grade 11. Grade 10 was woodworking. Mm. Grade 10 was woodworking. I remember making this 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 little gumball machine. <laughs> That's what we had to do for the throughout the year was to make a gumball machine. And uh mine worked out really good, man. I just we weren't always the richest, so just getting all of the things that we needed at the time wasn't always the, the, the easiest thing to do. So whatever. But it worked. So yeah. that was all that mattered. You're bringing other people back too. Like your lady friend Bonnie made a gumball machine also. Personally, I went to Wager. I went to Wager when uh, Wager was selling everything. Um, there was no wood. Well, there was a woodworking when I was in grade eight, but by the time like I got to grade ten, there was no woodworking anymore. Yeah, they started losing all types of programs and yeah. classes. It was fun uh, being. But at the same time, my brother went to Lindsay Place for uh, most of his high school, so I actually have a great appreciation for how fucking powerful the programs in the school were. Because the bill difference between Wager and Lindsay Place was astronomically different. Yeah, my mom had to like yeah. not choose courses sometimes for my brother because we couldn't necessarily afford all of the electives at Lindsay Place. <clears throat> yeah, it was all serious, man. It was all serious. I remember that. I'm never gonna forget that. And like, shout out to my moms for that, man, because mm. that helped me like on my path to where I am now. You know, um, it's a cool school. Well, I don't know where it's at now, but it was a good school. Right now, oh my god. Huh. Bro, I just recorded an artist who uh, got nominated to be, uh, what was it? Yo, this shit was on global news. Like, he got nominated to be a criminal in his future. Mm. They ended up fucking suing and all of this shit, bro. 
and they won. That's fucked up, actually. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, I remember that case actually. Um, I record that kid, and so I remember when I found that case, I said, "Yo, fam!" I was scrolling on Facebook. I said, "Yo," called him right. Yo, is this you? He goes, "Yeah, fam." I was like, "No!" Yeah, that's some fucked up Um, shit. So that was back then. It was a dope school, though. You know, really expensive. Yeah, definitely. So, back in church, <laughs> this is the this is the leg that that made my life entirely switch. Um. So by so so boom, kick off with youth. I start doing um. I'm doing sound. I'm doing you. Um, yeah, I was doing sound engineering at this time, and uh, I start learning from the youth sound engineer. Right. So now this is a whole other style of sound engineering that's more modern. So I start learning from this dude. His name's Andrew. Shout out to Andrew. Andrew Barber. Um, this guy showed, showed me a lot of different things. And he's the one who put me on to like, most of the things. And he would literally just supervise whenever something was going on. And he would let me do it. Because mm. he knew that I was capable of doing it. And if I wasn't able to do a specific thing, He's there to just make and then he's back to chilling and I'm back to working. <laughs> it literally was. You see how you see how construction workers have a, a one guy working or a two guys working, and then they have like three guys just watching them work. That's basically what it was. Like, but I'm not complaining because that's what had me learn like learn the way that I am now. But you know what's crazy? You know? So I was talking to a guy. Who literally built uh, Daddy's house, uh, fucking Bad Boy Studios in the nineties? Like when I said literally okay. built, I saying he said he literally physically built this place, and uh, he was describing his early years there, and it was exactly that. It was a couple of guys who pushed the buttons, and a lot of people who watched who pushed the buttons, who did some chores here and there. Yeah, yeah. It's all. Uh... Wow, you know? <laughs> it's crazy to think that, oh, like, that studio and your church are kind of, kind of the same vibe. Like, yo, uh, you guys uh, you guys send envelopes back and forth to each other? <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, man. Um, so, by this time, our church actually... So, there was a St. Hubert's restaurant on St. Catherine Street that had closed down. And uh, our church decided to buy this building. So they raised the money and they bought the building. Um, that building turned into where all of the pastor's offices were. And it was where like big functions happened. So like um, the youth, for example, would gather there. Right. So I then became the main sound guy for the building. Like it was still Andrew, but like he basically was like, okay, well, I'll let you know when to come and there's other there's events like almost every day of the week, like type thing. So I was down there learning sound like a lot of my time. We're talking like live sound though, right? Yeah. Live events, live, like here's a mic. They pick up the mic and then by the time the mic hits their mouth, the mic has to be on, ready, on. Boom. You know, like But you don't wanna you don't wanna you don't wanna you don't want the mic on by the time they touch the mic. I right, talk about this a little more. Actually, tell us a bit about this. Yo, you're the first live engineer I've talked to on this channel. Break us down what it's actually like to be there because that shit hasn't changed much to this day. 
No, it hasn't. Not at all. It's still the exact same. It's still the exact same. Um, basically, it depends. Like, if it's a, a situation where you have to set up the, the, the equipment versus a situation where the equipment is stationary and you just have to get to the sound. Um, you also have to end up arming amplifiers and things of this nature, like turn on the system. Like, but You have arm- to turn on the system in a way where it doesn't pop. Because it could pop. If you... You got to turn on the system, then you got to turn on the speakers out. Okay. The same way how it is in the studio right now, like, or else most of the time you turn on the the console, you hear a big (laughs) through the speakers. I didn't even know that. Oh, I guess because the power is coming in, so there's like a surge of power that runs through. Exactly. I'm, I'm talking about more analog gear now. Right, right. You know what I'm saying? All the digital gear is all through the computer. It's all easy peasy. You know what I'm saying? You turn on the computer your preamp turns on at the same time, USB, mm. you know? Back then, it was not that. It was to the wall, everything. This is big. Yeah. It was, bro, right. back in the day, like, before all of this, like, I forgot, like, back when I was a kid, I, I started to learn sound, how sound works because my parents had old school equipment. Okay. Remember, we were talking about the speakers in the back where you had to cut the wires out and strip a little bit of the the, the 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 extra plastic on the tip to make the wires show so you could put the wires into the speaker and they had a little button that you plug in and yeah i remember all of that and so and then my dad had like amplifiers and different things of this nature that we always had to right. switch let's to. pretend so, that people don't know that. what the shits are what's an amplifier okay. an amplifier is what you connect a sound system which basically is okay so back in the days most, most, well, you know, we had a record player, we had a cassette player, and we had a radio receiver, which was a big box that had mm. a big dial across where you and a big knob where you could turn the dial and it would then pick up different oh radio signals. And some of them, I'm not going to lie, were really pleasing to turn yep. because they just yes. had this like beautiful oh. fucking synchronization <laughs> and you could just spin yeah. them and shit and it was just so Sometimes good. you could just you could just run it with one finger and it would just <sighs> yeah my dad was into that shit yeah man yo i remember trying to do that sometimes and then they'd be like no you're gonna break it don't do that like you know but i i do know the the, the experience man you know? <laughs> All right, so that, that so, in a sense is basically like you have the shit that gets the music. So you say, yes, yeah, so that was the radio receiver to, to listen to the radio so you could pick up whatever signals. And then that would connect to this amplifier, which would, some amplifiers had an equalizer on it, which was a bunch of little, um, so there were a bunch of little knobs. Like some of them would have like 24 little knobs, and on it would have each different frequency that it would manipulate. And so sometimes you wanna, okay, if, if you're listening to music and you wanna listen to more bass, you then go to the left side of the of the whole, all of the, where all the knobs are, you go to the left side, which is the bass side and the lower frequencies and you just raise those up. Now, we were never allowed to play with that. Are you crazy? I would blow the speaker sometimes. Like, like they can, you know, it's so crazy because we used to listen to CJD so much that like, they can hear if you manipulate it with the with the with the, with the amplifier. They can hear that, like the voice, the bass. There's a bit more bass in that man's voice. They can hear that. Mm. So it was crazy. 
It was crazy. But that's where I got it all. Like, that's where I started. That's where I basically started all this. Right, so when so it got the that... amplifier, right? No, I want to walk through this setup, right? Because I'm picturing. Oh, okay. These okay, are those okay let's go through fucking... the whole setup. So, yeah, because I'm picturing it like they're all gray in my head and they're like vertical, yes. like flat, yes. little fucking VCR looking motherfuckers. Yes. And then yes, I know basically. my dad had one that had a tape side on it and a radio side, and then that plugged into the amp. And then we had another little tape that would connect as well, separate. And we didn't, we weren't allowed to use the tape player that was on that receiver because, um, well, you know, that's keep it running for as long as possible without having to fix it. Right. So we had another external tape player that connected. And there was different, and you always had multiple um, connectors in the back for you to be able to plug different things and switch where the the source is coming from. All right, okay, I'm picturing so we, this. That, that was like a that's like a home mixer. So, question: What do the speakers connect to? Speakers connect directly to the amplifier. The amplifier would have um, those same slots where you would strip the end and cut off a piece of the wire. They had right. the same slots that you put them in. And then theoretically, what would you plug your mics directly into the amp or would mics require additional gear to plug into? At this time, mics were not even a thing for home systems. Okay. Okay. Not Um, even. But let's say in a live environment, it's kind of like the same core concept, but with better live Exactly. Exactly. That's why it was easy for me to understand it. So then where do the mics plug into in a live environment? Is there like additional? In a live environment, microphones connect directly to So you would have the control board, which would be, you have control boards that are small, four channels, um, control boards that go as far as 24 physical channels, but each channel splits into two. So you technically have 48 channels. Mm. So would you say a control board is like a live amp? No, a control board is just where you would control the sound. That soundboard would still connect to an amp. All right. So the control board is an additional component that is added for the live yeah. environment. And do the mics it plug into that? It would be the equivalency of the radio receiver. Okay. So where do the mics The plug radio in? receiver is the basic, because you still had extra inputs that you could connect, like the record player, the tape player, things of that sort. So, so the, the mics, they plug into the control board? Yeah, they, they they plug in directly to the control board. When I was at I, church, I, they had snakes that was called snakes that would run from the stage. They would wrap all the cords together and then run through the walls to the soundboard and all the cables would be there. So, yo, in a sense, having a focus right today is a pretty spoiled piece of equipment. Bro, these kids have no idea. Cause I got a, I got a focus right, and I'm picturing what you're saying, and I'm like, yo, they managed to condense most of that shit into like one little box. A little box. That's nuts. With a bunch of little knobs. Yeah, and a lot of little holes of different varieties covering you from any kind of port you could possibly fucking want. You understand? Like it was for six hundred dollars. I learned it on all of that analog here. That's mm-hmm. how I learned all of this stuff that I now have here, and I yo. just. I totally appreciate that. And I want to keep going, but I'm not going to lie. I got to, I got to use the washroom. I got to go take a little pee break. <laughs> awesome. Welcome back to everyone. I'm hoping y'all are still with us. Um, I see a 
there's a whole bunch of people still with us. So I always feel like grateful when that happens. It's dope. That was good, man. But we haven't even gotten to the juicy parts of the story, y'all. We've managed to go this long, and we're still in, like, the beginning, which is still insightful as fuck, man. You're, like entire life is kind of like prodigy level interesting because yo who the fuck by the time they're 17 has over 10 years experience doing anything you know what i'm saying like one that. specific one specific thing that is there's not a lot and that's the biggest thing that was the that was the most intriguing thing for me because most people i know at that time were like oh i'm gonna start this and then they're done or they're gonna start this and then they're done. i started a lot of other things too i played football i did a lot of did a lot of things you yeah. know but but I just decided, you know what? Focused on music all the time. Mm. Mm-hmm. All right. So at church, you're learning all about how to do the live events. You're basically doing all the sound downtown at the building, yeah. the administrative building that's kind of yeah. running everything that's happening. Extras. Yeah. And that has taught you that there's no real point in going to school because you got education that's a viable commercial thing off the jump. And... That's where I understand your story yeah. to be at. I have yeah. a question though. At what point do you start rhyming? Does this happen yet? Do you start rhyming in any point? Here? Yeah, we're going. We're going there. We're going there. Like literally right now. Awesome. Right now, because that's around the time. So boom, grade eight. That's when I started to listen to um to the radio, right, with Don Smooth and things. So grade eight happens, and I'm like, uh, I so I end up seeing a few of my friends at church, and I'm like, yo. Yo, let's start doing some music. Mm. Remember, I'm now starting to hear like hip hop music on the radio. So I'm like, yo, we could do this ourselves, man. Yo, let's start doing music. And so at the time, too, there was also another group in our church who sort of got together and did a, like, it's like a, they did a boy band basically back when boy bands was the thing. Hey. So they did a boy band. And so they had one dude who, Initially started off as a piano player, and then the drummer started learning how to play piano. He became sick on the piano. Shout out to Dwight for that one. You know? But, uh... And, yeah, they just started to do their thing. And so, I'm now listening to different music everywhere. Like, on the radio, just different artists. I'm hearing, like, Bun B and Pimp C. I'm hearing 8-Ball and MJG. I'm loving the South. I'm like what is going on you know because i grew up hearing a lot of i grew up hearing a lot of of the east coast i was hearing a lot of um um back then would be like big pun i'm hearing a lot of um all of wu-tang that was my biggest thing the reason why i keep mentioning wu-tang is because there was such a big army all run by the risen Mm. so i said to myself from a young age i'm gonna do that I'm gonna, I'm gonna get an army. I'm gonna get an army. One day, I'm gonna get an army. And this was back when Wu Tang Triumph came out. Do so you remember the music video with all the killer bees in the in the video? The I video was so, yo, the video to Wu Tang Triumph was so crazy. So they must have spent millions making that. They, they spent just, just like, under a million, and their claim of a million dollars turned out to be a little not true, but it's very close to a million dollars on that. Um, so, yeah, the effects in that video were insane. Yeah. I mean, like, insane. Because here's the thing. I saw that video, cause I like, but, like, going back, like, I saw a YouTube video where it's, like, um, straight up, that time... 
Wu-Tang Clan spent a million dollars on a video. And then I watched the video in like 2019 and it is like, it is one oh of those. Oh my God. Yeah. No, you're late, bro. <laughs> yeah. So seeing it like now, it's like, it's like, whoa. You did what? I no, there's know. so much other things I could have done with that. <laughs> and it's like you're watching it and you're like, that's that's the craziest video ever. And it's so good. And it's it's like one of those things that would be like a cult classic now for how ridiculous it is. It is. But it's still for like 97 or whatever, next level. And then you got Puff Daddy yep. coming through it with was, his one. It was advanced for its time. Mm. It was so advanced for its time. And so... That's what made me say to myself, you know what? I need to uh, I need to run an army. And so we gather um so we gather a little we end up making a little group. Uh myself, uh Andre, Jeffrey, and, and yeah. Yeah, so okay, so three guys was a group named Magi. And uh that was basically like the three wise men. In the in the Bible, so that's was that was one group, and then uh, I end up making a whole army. I end up building an army. So this is about maybe sixteen. I start thinking about this. Okay, so before this, I start before about fourteen, when I'm still like running things at the church in the in the in the other building now. That's where I heard about Tootie's. That's where I start hearing about like making the music to what I was talking about on the radio before. Mm. So that's where I was like, okay. So now I started like understanding digital music. And this was when, um, bro, YouTube wasn't even a thing like back then. Not so you had all. to literally figure it out yourself. Right. YouTube wasn't a thing back then. I'm older than Google, bro. <laughs> like, it's crazy. All of these things, they all came out later. So that's why, like, you sit down and you're like, okay, Fruity Loops looks so confusing, but I need to figure it out. So what happened is every day after school, I didn't care about nothing. I would go sit in that chair if I could. Mm. I didn't have it at home. I had it at church. Because at church, I had a serious computer. I didn't have a serious computer like that. At home, we still had, like, we still had an old school computer that was like barely struggling to open like Windows, uh, not Windows, uh, Word, Word 97, you know? So it was actually pretty crazy, man, back then. I remember that, but so that was basically it. So I had learned computers back then. And so that's where I started to learn how to make beats. But at the same time too, MySpace was popping. Uh, not my, yeah, MySpace was popping, but so was SoundClick. Okay, so you were on so, SoundClick from the jump. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So we started, um, we start. I wasn't necessarily like making beats like that at the time because there was still some dope beats on SoundClick. So our, our group ended up starting to rap like on these beats. We would get beats and we would do songs and we would find different beats in different places. Man, back when you would, yo, Shazam and Kazaa. And all of these freaking crazy software programs to get free shit. Yo, dog, remember those soft those softwares would give your computer AIDS. Yep. <clears throat> Absolutely. Yo, there was some vile shit. 
when I think back on it, when I think of some of the stuff I found using those programs, there was some vile shit, like stuff you wouldn't really want to mention. Um, but like on Honest. top of on top of that, like um, you definitely had problems with your computer if if you downloaded videos and things like that programs. But you could, in theory, find everything. It was a wild west. Any there. anything that your mind could think of was there. Yeah. Anything. Anything. You're like, oh yeah, I want to watch this movie. You go find it. You know, absolutely. So that's where we started now going to find instrumentals. We start going to go get beats, finding things different. Like, oh, this sounds good. And at this time, I'm like, okay, so we need to learn how to record it. And I'm like, yo. So I I, I go end up going to uh, end up going to Archambault. Okay. That's the uh, one by Barry, right? Uh, it yeah, franchise? but it wasn't there at the time. Okay. It wasn't there at the time. Um, but we, I go to Archambault, and I'm, uh, I tell the salesperson, I'm like, hey, I'm, what's going on? I'm, I want to I record. I want to, you know, I have a little computer at home. It's, it's decent, and I want to record. So they sell me. Okay, so this is where Cubase I started off on Cubase when I was like 15 years old. I still use that to this day. Okay. That's how, that's my software. Everyone, everyone has their own software they're, they're, that they choose, that they love. I fell in love with Cubase. I started using other softwares. I loved Cool Edit Pro before they, they, they got bought out by Adobe. <laughs> Yo, question for like, the people a... watching, what's your software? The software that I no, use I'm to record. No, the audience with their software is of choice. Oh. See, mm, see yeah. if anyone has a, a, any answers there. No, that's cool. Yeah. Cubase is dope. Uh, anybody I know that ever used Cubase has good things to say about it, so I'm going to assume it's a viable contender. Bro, it's amazing for me, bro. I've been using it now, like, religiously for the past five years. Fresh. You know, like, daily for the past five years. It's pretty crazy. But like Cubase yeah, is man. what they recommend so I, I, Archambault. Yeah, I go to Archambault and they end up selling me like it's not even Cubase because it was expensive. That was really like bro, I was like I remember back then to buy Cubase, it was like um it was like three hundred it was four four hundred bucks at the time. Mm, I'm like a little days. 13, 14 year old kid. I'm like four four hundred dollars. Well, do you have something cheaper or something close to it? So they sell me Cubasis for like a hundred bucks. So it's basically a light version of Cubase. And so I use this program at my house. And one day I call all the guys to my house and I'm like, yo, remember that song that we wrote on Sunday when we stayed after church between, cause we had church service in the morning and we had church service in the night. And in between the two services, we just stayed there and we just worked on music. So we're going on our path to writing music together. And now I have the program at my house to record music. So I say, come, let's go. So we go to record a track and we record a track in my mom's house. I like it. I like that. So we use my mom's bathroom in the basement and the computer was on the other end of it was on the other end of the whole uh, of the basement. And, uh, yo, we're trying to think. I'm like, yo, it's got some, re it's got, it's got a sound in there that 
I wasn't understanding yet the whole concept of recording music versus live music. Big difference. Big difference indeed, everyone. Huge difference. Recording in the bathroom is a live sound, if I'm not mistaken. Bro, it is. No, no, because we're recording that sound. Hmm. Right, that's what I mean. Like, uh, like I go into the re- the bathroom for a more live the reverbs sound. and all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. bro, it was insane, and I was a kid trying to figure out how to eliminate that. But I mean, we still, and how we figured out how to do that was to open the door a little bit. Okay, that's okay, how we figured okay. out. How to do that. Okay, we were like, we were like, yo, if we open the door just a little bit, sounds gonna go a little bit out, and you're gonna have less of a that's the reverse. So everybody shut up. <laughs> Classic. That was the beginning. Shut up. That was the beginning of me learning how the whole recording process even works. Right. And so from there, I'm taking this man. So I'm like 14, 15 at this time. Because, I, yeah, I was 13, 14 when I started to, to play on Fruity Loops. And, uh, yeah, so I start, you know, I'm, I'm doing my thing, recording here and there. We're doing our thing. Um, we're gathering tracks from Shazam. We're gathering tracks from Kazaa. And then our boy Andre starts making beats, too. Uh, so we now is just like we're now two beat makers. And I, I, at this point, I break off of rapping. Because at this point, I'm like rapping, recording. I'm doing everything. Mm. I'm doing everything, man. At this point, I remember going to a garage sale and buying two record players. Okay. Okay. You know, like uh, the DJ as well. Yeah, I started learning how to DJ too. I started literally learning how to. I literally at that point was just like, okay, I got a finger in this, I got a finger in that, I got a, a whole hand in this one. I'm like, you know, I got a toe over here. I'm learning everything, and the whole time that we're recording, I'm basically like, also getting us gigs at different churches to go perform. Do you remember any bars from back then that you had? No. Fair enough. I no, like asking no. That. I don't remember the bars, then. Straight up and down. <laughs> <sighs> no, man. Yeah, fair Damn. enough, man. Come on, man. I'm just remembering that we did a lot of different shows and different things. So at about, at about, so because of the fact that we were, I was out and about different places, meeting different people, doing different, I was meeting a lot of different people at different churches. So you played the so, church circuit. Bro, I ended up not only playing the church circuit, I ended up gathering all types of musicians from every different church. And then I start putting on shows. Okay. I start putting on shows at the same lighthouse that I'm already running sound. Okay. That's so, big. You know, like, I remember the first one that we did, Bro, the fire limit was 279 people. Both times that we did a, a show there, we ended up like charging people outside and bringing the speakers out. That's big, man. Sorry, I'm remembering all of this. And this is a youth event that is probably like parent friendly. Yeah, it's all gospel music. Bruh. That, that's crazy. Like I can just it's all the- gospel musicians. That's literally what I did. I remember different people go coming. I remember going down to um 
there was a church in MBG, Church of God of Prophecy. I remember going down there, grabbing a couple of people. I remember going to Bible Way, grabbing a couple of people from there. I remember going, I remember going to all these different places and just literally grabbing different people. And yo, you do music? Yeah, let me hear something. Dope, come on, I got a show for you. You know, like that was literally it, you know? Then I end up building relationships with all these different people in all these different places. And then we just keep going. You know, did two shows and then, uh, <laughs> I don't know, something happened at church, somebody had said something and then I wasn't allowed to do shows there no more. So I left. <laughs> Fair enough. That's where, that's where, that's where the, the, the switch happened. Cause I'm like, yo, you guys are not trying to stop me from doing music. I'll stop y'all. I'm out. Hmm. And I kept doing music. From that point, I just, um, yeah, so that was like, that was like grade 10. And then I stopped, focus that's when I started focusing on like making beats. Like, so that's when like all the other kids were out and about, like getting themselves in trouble and shit. I'm at home on Fruity Loops, hmm. learning how to make beats. And uh, by about like, this is about like, seven, like 18, this is after like, I remember after high school, I didn't get my diploma, so I ended up going to uh, to adult debt for like 2002, 2003. I was at Cartier. I ended up meeting a lot of different people there. And throughout all the years, people started to realize that, yo, that dude, he's the music guy. He's the music guy. You want to do anything music, go see him. And so a lot of different people started to like, to, to, to check me. I ended up starting to meet different people see different studios and you know i remember a lot i remember walking man and because of the fact that we lived in the west island it was always a beautiful struggle coming back home because like the music scene pops off late the west island oh transit my gosh yes by 12 o'clock the entire thing is done guy i used to work yeah with- yeah yeah i am feeling Yo. that pain Bro, What's I remember night bus? things are popping off at 10 o'clock. And I'm like, yo, guys, if I don't leave now, I'm going to have to walk from far ways. Yo, I'm, you know how many times? You know how many times I've done the walk from the top of St. John's to motherfucking Baton Rouge? That's far, man. I feel your pain. They might not feel your pain. I feel your bro, pain. Bro, the people in the West Island will feel the pain, bro. I'm just like that's a big walk. It's like, and especially when you're like young and you don't want to do it. I'm like I'm like 16, 17, 18, 19. No, I wasn't. No, not not 16, 17. No, I was still in church in those days. It was probably from when I was 19 till I was like 23. Like those were the times where I was really getting like a lot of the music stuff was popping with me within meeting different people in the city. That's when my life really got interesting. Because then after I graduated... You gotta still gotta take one thing into consideration here, is that, at least as far as the nightlife in the West Island is concerned, which is a big difference between you and me, uh, is that you could smoke in bars. So there was a fucking nightlife in the West Island. So here's why I say that. Uh, I was just talking about this with my girlfriend the other day. Um, The year I turned 18 was the year that all the bars in the West Island closed because smoking got banned. And it was like, there was like literally five options 
for the whole West Island. There was Annie's. There was fucking that one on yep. Pure Farm that I, I never went to. Uh, Tonic, I think. Tonic, was, yeah. They're still like, there. Uh, there was the fucking one in uh, Point Claire that closed. Uh, Clyde's, Cheers. Clyde's, uh, Cheers was on St. John. Uh, in, I think it was in Dollard, though, I think. No, that was on. Uh, that was in, in Point Claire. And then there was uh, Bourbon Street West, which also, unfortunately, oh, yeah. is now in SQDC, which win, lose, hard to say. Um, <laughs> but there was, uh, yeah, that was it. That was my, that was it for me for my like eighteen to whatever till I left the West Island because, like I said, yeah. smoking got banned and everything closed, and that was huge. I think I don't think people even understand how big that was for the nightlife and how much yeah. changed after that shit. Yeah. Um, yeah. I remember that because I mean I was never in the scenes to go to the, the bars like that. I was never the one because again, I was always doing some music shit. Right, but you I meant so, more like there was a bigger like scene to have shit popping off at ten o'clock versus like in my life it would have been like everybody was going downtown, and I didn't want yeah. to go downtown, so I never went downtown. Yeah, downtown yeah. Was, I was fucking. Like, I was always downtown. That's why I always was doing that late night journey. Fair enough. <laughs> I was always downtown because I realized that everything that I needed to do was out there. Because West Island was a dope place to live, horrible place to journey to, or a horrible place to stay and try to fucking to do things at the time, you know? Especially at that age. I had to live yeah. in West Island. Yo, I, we moved there when I was 16. And then uh, when I went to Abbott, it was cool. Cause like I mean I you're in Abbott so like you're fucking in the West Island anyway, and then yeah. uh, I went to Concordia after and I'm like fuck the West Island <laughs> I just went to accents <laughs> honestly but that's cool though because like still you're like already young and at the point of like are you selling beats at this point like is this a fiscally advantageous thing or are you still like you know are you still, I'm still in the young form, I'm still in the learning I'm still in my I'm still in my cocoon learning how the whole thing is working at the time but like um, you're on the sites that are selling beats though so you see that this yeah it's real i was seeing that i was seeing that i was learning i guess you could say learning the how because then um because yeah then myspace myspace boomed and like we started to upload like i was uploading beats to there like crazy i remember that man yo shout out to the man them tom Yo, okay, uh, my homeboy Lindell, who's one of the patrons, has got to dip off the live, and he wants to know what your top five MCs are. Top five MCs? Yeah. I was always a fan of DMX, Jada Kiss, Busta Rhymes. Busta Rhymes. Um, Method Man. And, uh, yeah, Bun B. There you go, Linda. I respect that list. I respect that list a lot. Honorable mention, 8-Ball MJG. Yeah, they're fire. And Juicy J. Like new Juicy or old Juicy? Old Juicy. 3-6 Mafia, my bad. All right, fair enough. There you go, Linda. You got like a top eight or nine there. Woo! Above and beyond. Yeah, I'm actually... 
I'm like really shit with those kinds of questions because I figure like a lot of other people are just gonna ask those kinds of questions. So I figure let's talk yeah. about all the weird shit. That yeah, I wasn't like, ready for that one, but you know, I have to think on the fly. I was like, yo, I remember listening to this guy a lot. Yeah, if you guys in the comments want to throw questions out and shit along the journey, like I'll just interrupt him and ask. <laughs> like I'm cool with that. That's my job. I'm good with it, man. Um, <laughs> I can keep track of shit. Like we're in the formative learning years and just so y'all know, like beat click is, is at the time, according to tech Luciano, at least cause fucked if I was there. Oh, sound, was, sound click. Sound click. That's what I meant to say. I apologize. Yeah, but like yeah. at the time was more than just like what it is today. Like he was describing, it was a whole forum community thing. With, yeah. Like, yeah. 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 Shit that was popping off. Were you ingratiated? Yeah, I remember coming home side? from school and logging in like, Oh, let's, Let's see what's going on in here. People messaging you, you're messaging other people. Like, there was a lot. <clears throat> there was a lot happening on there. It was very much, um, it was a lot of a, a big community, super community thing. Were you, you involved know? in it? It's, it's crazy kidding? that you mentioned it. Um, I got to go back to when you had your episode with Merker. He was talking about dynamic producer. I didn't register with them, but. I was, that's how I started to see, because I knew that I wasn't going to get the, the, the funds able to just, let me go to the States right now and go do, you know, like, my family was not like the, the richest of the riches, you know what I'm saying? So like, I understood, okay, oh, there's going to be things that I can do. There's going to be things that I can't do, but I'm going to get as much information as I can. I knew at a young age, information was key. Right. Information was clutch. While most people were in the club drinking, I was learning a lot of the music but people were dancing i was like practicing how to how to play keys a lot of people in these times was um sampling to make beats i was i was i've only recently started to do samples so you were i've like, always been but i was composing but you could like play instruments up the fucking wazoo so i mean yeah so that's what i was like gift here that's why that's what i do you know and it's so crazy because I played a keyboard so frequently, but I never learned how to play piano. <laughs> but let's be real. The keyboard's a lot more fun than piano. Piano so, like, disciplined. Yes, but that same thinks. discipline. But now if you take, transfer that discipline from the piano to the keyboard, imagine how savage you are. Um, pretty savage. But I can, I'm just saying, I can see how a keyboard... See, I like to fuck around on a keyboard. When I sit in front of the yeah. piano, I feel like I have to be responsible. <laughs> I don't know how to describe it. You sit in front of because like, yeah. I think about church a lot with pianos, right? Because there's always like yeah. the fucking piano at church. That's a lot of my exposure to piano. It's not like people. <laughs> so I did have a couple of homeboys who had a piano in their house, but like you got to be in a certain income tier to have pianos in your house, okay? Like it isn't like. Yes, yes sir. Yes, sir. I'm coming from the more welfare side of life. I'm not gonna lie. Um, so like to yeah. me, there were there yeah. was keyboards maybe here and there if my dad had one around Yo, or whatever. Radio Shack, bro. Oh shit, yeah, I remember that too. You could actually just fuck radio around. Radio Shack before the Source CC. Mm. That's true, man. Yeah. I remember that shit. Um, I liked Radio Shack a lot. That was a good story. I loved Radio Shack. No, it was fire. Yeah. I used to go to the Cavendish Mall one a lot. It was a good times. I was at the one in Fairview. I went to the one in Fairview a lot too, actually, back in the day. 
uh but different mm. eras of my life um because yeah i did i did a run at where i was at uh fucking fairview because you go to abbott you go to fairview for like years yeah i remember when uh anywhere the best, in the west you go to I was fairview. the best buy opened oh shit so i remember like a lot of shit i, I bought my first laptop there like good memories mm. i remember future shop across the street yeah and then you would go like back and forth and they would wish everyone had the best price yeah, yeah, yeah. You start going and checking and going back and going back and going back. Mm. I remember that, man. Yeah, Fairview's lit. Yeah. It was a lit place. And it was like there was always somebody you knew at Fairview. It was always oh, somebody sure. you knew. Like you couldn't go through there. For sure. Because there's nothing else in the fucking what's, Bla- what's up, DJ Blaster? Shout out, Blaster. Oh, Blaster, what's happening? Yo, respect, Blaster. Ah, ah. I don't yeah. know if that was a thing that I'm, I don't, I don't yeah. know what that was, but I understand. Yeah, blasters, 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 blaster, man. Um, I um, recognize that. Yup, though, I feel like that is like iconically, like it's just such a yeah. thing. And uh, I don't know. I like Blaster. You can watch him on Twitch now. Everybody should follow Blaster. Yeah, yeah he he's fucking there. a great time. Um, man, he just he was just playing some Viva tracks the other day too, man. Respect, uh, brother. Yo, shout out Blaster for real. That guy is one of those another legend types. You know, everybody says his name with praise. You know, Autobots came up in fucking. So we got this song we're, we're previewing uh, on Friday from this guy, Crazy Ace, cut the history of the Southwest, and the Autobots made yes. the track. That's right. The Autobots made yes. that track. That's how fucking significant, you know? Like, it That's is so it crazy is. because, bro. Amazing. Bro. Amazing. We're gonna get to that too soon. All right. Um, We're gonna get to all of that. Where where Megatron came from, then where the Titan came from. All these names that I have. I'm not definitely that man because I don't know fucking anything. Honestly, I only know that because like Preach is like DJ Blaster and the Autobots. You don't know what the fucking Autobots is? And I'm like, (laughs) this is what that's why we're doing this now to make sure. Super legend. No, Blaster. I know Blaster is somebody that has just always been there. Like I, I feel like always been there i mean and it's always positive shit his name has been around for a very long time very long time i've known his name from wait man he came around some of the people that i was around too so that's why like oh there's a lot of different legends here in montreal big facts they're underground legends that's what we uh but it's funny because Blaster's only 21, he says. Big facts. Big facts. Um, no, nah, but like for real, that's what we're trying to do here, right? Like we realized, or at least I realized, the biggest problem in the city is that people don't really know what's been done in the city. So everybody comes in acting like they're going to be a hero rather than paying the homage to the, to the elders and the shit that came before it. Myself included, I was that jackass for a minute. I have to say it every single time. That's how come I know what the behavior is. But like, yeah. the more you learn the legacy of the city, um, yo, what's up, Zed? Uh, the more you learn the legacy of the city, the more like I feel like I take pride in representing Montreal. I take pride in the yeah. history of all the people that are involved in it. Like hearing your story, it's like, yo, shut the fuck up, people, man. Yo, you know what meticulous did? That's what. It's like that's not part of my future lexicon, you know? Because yo, that's <laughs> you gotta keep in mind. We're at this almost two hours now, and you're barely an adult, okay? Oh, I, yo, I, yeah, yeah, we're at like nineteen. 
barely. For like 19 this years is now. absolutely gonna have to be more than one part. Like, not even gonna lie. That's how big your story clearly is, and that's pretty incredible. Because end of the day, we try and bridge the gap. You know, we try yeah, to make sure people yeah. know what the fuck is up out there. I love, I love the, I love what you're doing, man. That's all. It's dope because, like, again, I've been doing this for a very long time. And you're the first one who's, who's who's popped up with this this, this idea. Um, I'm not gonna mm-hmm. lie. I stole it from all the famous podcast guys crushing the game right now. I just tried to cherry yeah. pick shit I like from them. Like Drink Champs is like all about flowers, right? I didn't even mm-hmm. realize that till after I started, and I was trying to reverse engineer why the fuck do people like what I'm doing? And then I watched Drink Champs, and all Nore does is he praises the accomplishments and the success of people. That's all he really does, man. And then you watch Joe Rogan, and Joe Rogan gives people sex eyes for like the most mundane bullshit. Like he'll be like. Oh, that's so it, you know he's heard this shit like a hundred times before because yeah. it's not episode fifteen hundred, but he makes everybody feel like they're the first one in his life, even if there's the fifth time on a show, you know. Yeah, um, and yeah. Watch Joe Budden, and Joe Budden is fearless, and people uh, people love him or hate him, but he's fearless and he's willing to admit when he's wrong. So you know you can kind of go through all of those things and start. You just rolled everything up together. And then try and bring it here. But yo, also even DJ Vlad, he's the biggest inspiration. As much as we might not like Vlad for all the good reasons to not like Vlad. Because yeah. trust, even when I started telling people, I'm like, I'm like Vlad, but we're not going to talk about crime. I don't want that shit on my fucking brand. So Vlad's well, yeah. funny. Yeah. But Vlad has done so much for the tri-state area because you know what I realized? I know the names of so many fucking rappers that I've never listened to their music and I never will, but I know shit about them and I know shit about their drama and I'm invested in like Chicago's drill scene way more than I ever thought I would be. But it's all because of DJ Vlad that I give a fuck. And maybe it's terrible, right? Because I bought into all that bullshit for a minute. But like end of the day. Yeah, but I mean, that's your source, right? That's where, that's what you enjoy. Like, Every single person on the planet is going to enjoy like, what they enjoy. Say what you will, but like outside of, let's say, Joe Rogan and Vlad and maybe Bud and later on, there wasn't like a lot of options for a quick minute, you know? Like it wasn't like there was always fucking that show that Bud and did the uh, fucking breakfast. Uh, well, there was like breakfast clubs and shit, but let's be real. Like if yeah. you're from like. But they weren't like. Breakfast club was dope. But like, how did I breakfast get to it, dope. you know? Like. <laughs> How did I access it? Like that was it. I mean, at some point it showed up on YouTube and you realize that it's like on YouTube and it's dope. Yeah. But I don't think that really happened. Like for me, it wasn't until like fucking put respect on my name. It was at that moment (laughs) that I realized Breakfast Club is fucking dope. And shout out Charlamagne de God. I bought his first book. He's fucking great. I I find him really interesting. He's an amazing dude, man. He's another one I studied a little bit, but I'm not really like him. So I'm kind of, I like his donkey of the day. Anyway, that's enough about like. He's funny. Host. He's got a lot of funny different characteristics, but I'm like, you know. He's a good guy to study, <laughs> though. But that's honestly what it yeah. is, and I mean, maybe like, look, I mean, five on four online mix is out there, and I want to give them all the shoutouts because like I'm not the only person doing interesting things right sure. now. I might be the sure. only person doing four hour stone conversations, but like, let's be real, that's like not everybody's cup of tea. But like five on four yeah. online mix is out there right now, making people look good in a way that I'm making. I'm trying to make people look like more like brainy, you know. Oh, People's Party yeah. podcast by Talib Kweli is dope from what I've seen, but I think about it like never, and so I never end up watching it. But like it's True. one of those ones I want to get to, and then I keep seeing how hot it is, and people keep talking about it, and it made me realize everybody's got a fucking podcast and shit now. <laughs> uh, Yo, shout out to um. Shout out to Geek Tastics too. These guys, uh, I'm a, I'm a nerd at heart. You know what I'm saying? 
Like, I got a poster on my wall of the Batman who laughs. I got like, Thanos. I got Venom. You know, I'm a big fan of like, you know, comics. And these guys cover like big comics all day, all day, every week. Comic shit, fucking comic world of movies, like all of that. Like I watch a lot. I pay attention with that too, man. Yeah, it's worth it, man. I fucking love. Well, I'm not as into like it as I maybe once was when I was younger, but I'm certainly invested in technology, so it kind of has a lot of parallels. Um, Oh yeah. All right, so you're like 19 and shit, and you're learning to make beats, and then what happens? I'm working on. I'm recording at home. I'm. uh, I'm recording at home, making beats for, you know. Now I'm starting. Okay, so boom. 18, 19, I was in adult ed meeting different people and still doing my music stuff at this time. And, uh, yeah, it was it was just a real, just, okay, a, a little hangover part. 2004, I go to Dawson. And, bro, the, no, 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 no. 2003, I go to Dawson. This is where I meet everybody. 2003 is where I meet Everybody like Frost. He was at Dawson. Lost one. He was at Dawson. Um, man, there was just different people that were there. And I remember, I remember going to Dawson for one semester. <laughs> I went there in the January semester. Yo, by about March, I'd already dropped out. I was in the atrium playing dominoes. <laughs> So that's why I was like, yo, school? Oh, man, this is... So then uh, in September of that year, I... uh, In September of that year, I end up going to Rosemount Technology to learn graphics. Okay. Yeah. Uh, They actually had a printing program. And so I learned the beginnings of that. But then I was like, I'm not interested in this shit. (laughs) <laughs> I mean, it's cool, and I still use some of that knowledge to this day. Yeah, but that's actually but, like a, that's a big fucking knowledge nugget that you dropped there by accident, I think. And it's uh, <laughs> like, if it, yo, you know what happens when I try to hit up like a, a fucking sound engineering program and I stare at that shit? It's cool, but you know it's the same fucking thing. It's just not for me. Yeah. On the other hand, yeah. give me a Google Analytics spreadsheet and a bunch of data, and oof, girl, I'm gonna go in on that. I'm gonna go in on that analytic shit. Know okay. what you're supposed to do, and yo, apply elbow grease. But try it. I actually did try to sound try engineer. It. I fucking hate it because I actually tried to master one time, and yo, I saw what mastering was, and I'm like, nope. Nope, I'm out. I have a template file somewhere of some fucking. Yeah. It sounds like shit, and everybody's hated everything. Anytime I ever tried it, I'm like, <laughs> fuck my life. Nope, Lander. <laughs> Yo, stop this. Lander. <laughs> Yo, Lander exists for people like me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I have my website, and that's exactly what I do now. Mm. That's exactly what I do now. You know, basically, but we'll get there. Ah, we will get there. We'll get there. Trust. Um, I like to tell that's, people. Oh, that, aff- that's all 2020. So we got like, days to go. I like to tell people I can't afford meticulous, but this guy's premium. <laughs> no, stop this. I'm just the guy. 
Nah, this shit's proper. Yo, meticulous, like, it's actually interesting. I've had this conversation with several people, but meticulous is like the premium option. And that's what we've discussed <laughs> it on it. But it, because you exist, the budget options can exist. Yeah. Yeah. Look, I've been around different people's in different, I've been around different studios where it costs like 70 bucks an hour. When I moved to Toronto, well, some studio sessions, you know, 70 bucks an hour, bro. Not ones that I had to pay for, but studio sessions would cost like 70 bucks an hour with some engineers, mm. you know? And that's when I realized Montreal's selling themselves short. Yeah, that's possible. I mean, I can't really say that. I've been working with the same dude for like seven years and nobody, like his yeah. price is insanity. I don't want to say it because it's too good. But like, yeah. I couldn't, I couldn't afford anybody else because his price is too good. True, true. But, you no, know, that's I mean, also a way to work. That's actually, in my opinion, one of the best ways to do it is to find somebody that, like, if you're blessed. When you find, when you find your chemistry, oh my gosh. yeah, it's, like you all, like sick. Like I'm down to like look at things for graphics and whatever. I haven't found my design. I don't have my guy. But for engineering, listen, you know why? Because I don't have to tell him things. He just does shit, and it always sounds mm. good to me. And that yeah. saves me yeah. and him time and money. Yeah. Yeah. I have a lot of people. Honest to God. Like, let's pause on the, on the, on the life story for a second. That's cool. Honest to God, right now, with with how I work with some of the artists that I work with when I'm, when I'm at the studio and stuff, uh, even here now, you know, it's literally, okay. Uh, like, downtown would be like, okay, they record the song. I tell them, yo, record everything. Record the facts. Record your mains. Record your ad -libs, Record your singing parts, record your sauce pieces, record everything. And then I'm like, okay, my turn? And they're like, yep, I'm going to go to the store. I'm going to go smoke. I'm going to go this. I'm going to go this. That's when they fuck off. And, and then they might come back from, from time to time. And every single time they come back, they're like, oh, shit. Oh, shit. Like, oh, shit. And now, um, since we've done the renovations at the studio, I've basically matched what it is that I do with other engineers around the city, right? And I ask around, I'm like, yo, do other engineers do this? Do other engineers do this? Do so I'm like, okay, no, they don't? No? Okay, cool. I'm going to do this for this price, but if you want me to do this, this is going to cost you a little bit more. Because I know how to do this, and other people clearly might not know how to do it. Fair enough. And I think it's interesting, right? Because, like, uh, but uh, just at a base economics level, you're up front. You know, there's no deception. I don't want to, like, say names, but I've heard stories yeah. of deception um, where people yeah. don't find well, out certain things, where certain, like, costs are not disclosed up front. Um, I don't know. I never really went through that, so I don't have any bad experiences. I've been blessed, I guess. Um, I, yeah. I recorded at DRX. That was like the only real yeah. place I ever really did. Oh that. yeah, DRX, were, DRX was dope, man. They were honorable as fuck. So like, we're gonna get into we're gonna get into the oh, we're gonna get into that building. Oh shit, that's a dope building. I miss it. We're gonna get into that building. R.I.P. to that building. Also, uh, Serenity. Serenity is uh, saying facts to what you're saying, and then Gremlin is like something about hit me up with graphics, asthmatic graphics. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Gremlin, Gremlin, he's he's dope. He's he's who we've been doing graphics with right now. You made all like the colorful my, stuff, like, like the really colorful. Yeah, my Toronto, all the stuff I've yeah. been doing with like my Toronto stuff. Well, he's the dude. Oh, like with Viva, or them? Uh, not with Viva. She's actually she has a few people that she has okay. in her pocket. 
But the Toronto squad is like uh, that's the right. circle. I'm not yeah, that. right now we started releasing stuff for Philly, and he's been doing the, a lot of the artwork. Also, um, what is that? Um, Sebastian Stewart. He also did one too. Mm, I've you seen know? that name before. The only one, yeah. um, I know. I just want to. If we're talking designers, shout out Hugo Roberge for the uh, Bridge the Gap logo. So that was fucking true, nice. True. True. Um, true. He also did a. Uh, uh, Gremlin, he just designed a, a logo actually for my boy. He's actually getting ready to kick up a podcast just now, and I'm actually Yo. helping. Um, I'm helping you know cook that up right now. Yo, Gremlin, yeah. if we never had a graphic designer come through, if you want to pop on and have a little chit chat and a conversation, that's all I'm saying. We want to talk to everybody yeah. and everything. This ain't just the fucking. You know, oh rappers. yeah, he's an OG too. He's an OG. He has. Uh, he's been doing this thing for a long time, and he also raps and makes beats. Straight up, all I'm saying is this is more like anybody, man. It's open. That's all I'm trying to yeah. say. Um, yeah, man. Um, yeah, man. It's pretty. It's it's pretty dope the amount of the different people I've met through time. Like, okay, so we're gonna go. We're gonna now. We're gonna go back to like 19. Like after after all the schooling. That's when I started. Um, getting dig like digging deep with the music. So I link up with um I don't remember I don't even know who brought me around, but that's when that's when RBR kicked off. Real big records. Mm. And uh That's another thing I've never is, heard of. Just like Say what what? That's another thing I've never heard of in the list of shit I've never heard of. Bro. Real big records. I mean okay was, it might have uh, come up but it's not significant to me yet. So and NDG, and they were all from NDG and uh, and Uptown. They were basically. Oh, I really want. That, to know. That's when. Okay, okay. That's when Actually, I might have heard Royal of this Pestons. before. All right, when right. Royal Pestons. I have heard of this before. Cool. Yeah. Elaborate yeah, though, Royal because Pestons. yo, the people need to hear the history. So just talk about it a little bit, Stills. Yeah, it's pretty actually crazy because there was a post online the other day. Um, they were asking about how long like trap was popping in Montreal. And they were literally talking, I guess, about the French guys. Because they were talking about, like, 2007. They were talking about 2008, stuff like this. But, like, we were making trap music in 2004. That's when the RBR tape came out. On this tape, I ended up producing... Okay, so I Blast, Kurt Cocaine, Snake Eyes. Is it 2004, uh, you're saying? 2004. That's some early shit. Uh, nasty. Uh, peso. Jimmy Dollars. Like you're saying, like you're working with an early Eye Blast in them. Yeah, this was Eye Blast before he became Blicky. No, I mean I knew he was Eye. Well, he was Eye Blast in 2012, but like that's when I knew him, and then he became Blicky after that. So like, uh, I'm saying like early Eye Blast is in like early is 2004 like i don't know how much Bro, earlier it really goes around with like royal peasants that's how far back this is 2000 like like yeah man <laughs> that's like some seminally early shit is what i'm trying to say yeah matter of fact hold on let me see if i have it here man. Um, yes i do so check this out check this out they called it the takeover what wow Okay, okay. I see it. I see it. Um, you know what I'm saying? That's fucking MySpace dope. on the back, everything. 
Yo, you're gonna have to send me the files to that so I can do a little fucking review on that bad boy. You know what I'm saying? Bro, I don't even have a CD. Nah. Ah. Uh, I don't even have a CD. I literally have the cover in my in my in my thing here, bro. Okay, that's fucking amazing. No. Yeah, bro. Genius, genius is the ones who make the artwork and shit for the for that back in the day, man. They were um, innovators of their of everything back in the day. And they still are today. You know? Like, Azaz. Uh-uh. Oh, fair enough. All right, so you're involved as their engineer, or you're just... I'm engineering and producing. So, I, uh... Okay, so, boom. We had... We had... Oh, my God. Okay, so, we were, um... This dude who ran RBR, he was a real, um... He was a real character. Mm-hmm. He was a real character. He he ran a moving company. I'm like trying to piece. I'm, trying, I'm like, which parts can I say? Which parts can't I say? <laughs> yeah, don't say the parts we can get in trouble for you saying. You can tell me those yeah. on camera. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's why I'm like, he owned a moving company. Period. That's what he did. So he, so yeah, basically all the artists were working for this moving company, and the moving company was making a lot of money and. Everybody was still doing their extracurricular activities on the side. And so there was a lot of paper that was just being made at the time. And we were also doing music. And so we ended up, um, the man ended up building a little studio in his house. And so this was in St. Henry at the time. And so we would go down to St. Henry and I would actually be there from 10 o'clock in the morning until late o'clock at night. (laughs) Like late. Matter of fact, this guy would drop me off. Like, he would bring me back home, and then the next day, we would do it all over again. And we did this for, like, a while, and that's where the tape came out, you know? One part of the day would be this artist. Another part of the day would be that artist. Another part of the day would be this artist. Like, you know, I remember um, Snake Eyes. I remember I remember I used, always used to see him every day early in the morning because he's an early bird. So yeah. I remember seeing him early. Shout out Natasha Marie. Who's in the chat saying uh-huh. what's up? Yes, yes. What's happening? What's happening? Yeah, man. It's just been a, it, it, like this was back when RBR was like, yo, they gave everybody jackets. Like people, yo, people in the West Island, people would still, they would see me maybe five years later and they would, yo, RBR, yo, what's going on, bro? And I'm like, uh, what's happening? Because <laughs> that was on our jackets. We had big jackets that had it. So, like, when we showed up places, it looked like a gang. You know? We, I'm, I'm remembering all of this shit. It was, it was pretty crazy. But then a lot of different things happened, and that studio ended up closing now. So I, uh, that's when I crossed over. But that's when I ended up going downtown to 1180 St. Antoine. That is an amazing building. That's basically that... the first time I ever saw a studio. Now, that building contained maybe 15 different recording studios, 15, 20 different recording studios was in there. Um, So boom, Bandit Studios. That's your studio? No, that's before. Okay, so when you went to see Studio Drex, was he downstairs or upstairs? Upstairs. Okay. I assume because I had to go up. 
on on the third floor, yes. directly in front of the elevator. Sort of. I remember the stairs more, and the bathroom okay. was next to the stairs. So yes, and then you would okay. So as you would come out of the bathroom, yeah, you would I go think right. You would go to like you walk out the door and you go to a left or something, and then he okay, like, he was down the hallway still. Yeah, he was there, and then it was like this open room, and you could smoke joints there, but uh, you couldn't. No, you couldn't smoke joints. You could smoke cigarettes there. Uh, in that first room, and then there was like a whole second room that had the bed. It's where Makeway ended up taking over. Okay, so that's the same place. Okay, so boom. That's right in front of the elevator. Before Makeway, before Drax, before... Because that's where Real Big Records eventually took over. Okay. There was a studio called Bandit Studios. It was ran by... These two Greek guys. Let's leave it at that. But well, I'm not I'm leaving it at that. I'm not even curious. I mean, <laughs> let's leave it at that. These two guys. Look at me lying. Um, <laughs> they ran a studio, and that's where I, that's where I really started to get the atmosphere of a recording studio versus the live atmosphere that I was learning when I was in church back in the day. Entirely different atmospheres. That's where I realized what recording studios and recording sessions. Bro, this is the heart of downtown. Yeah, it's like across from the Bell Center. Exactly. Like literally. A struggle to get back home to the West. Big facts. Uh, it was even awkward to like fucking, I, I would never forget getting out of like you, you know because you, you got to walk up the tunnel then fucking work your way through the whole fucking thing then come down some fucking steps then you're still like a block and a half and away and another set of steps and, and then like, another set of steps and you're just like the fuck is going on with this metro design and some it was way for people don't live here it was a maze getting to the metro was a 15 minute journey i think it's lucien lallier that was the one I think. I could be wrong. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You walk all the way up and then you start. Gosh, old times, man. I used to do things bro. once upon a time. <laughs> bro. bro, that was the workout. Yes. I want to go there, but big fucking yes, man. I was not in the best shape of my life at that point. I'm just saying. Bro, bro, bro. that was a struggle. Yes. You walk it, I'll fucking. That was like. a struggle, man. Like I'm remembering all of this right now. And I'm like, so yeah, boom, Bandit Studios. So a situation happens at the studio where, uh, yo, back then, actually, shout out to Big Z and shout out to Full Clip. He's another producer here in Montreal. He lived. In, he was. Uh, he was in South. Shore. These guys were South Shore, man. That's Montreal. They were. Yeah, they were um the full clip was uh, was making a lot of dope beats at the time. Yo, back then a dude um from Harlem came down, Harlem Hellfighter, and uh he had ties to like Max B and Dipset. Okay. So full clip actually ended up getting a beat placed with Max B back then, back when it like Max B was popping. You know, so that was a big thing that popped off at like with everybody that was involved at the studio at the time. Mm -hmm. um, 
Harlem Hellfighter really just came true. And then there was, I don't know, there was a couple situations. I'm not too sure of exactly what happened, but then he ended up like leaving. I don't know. I don't, I don't even remember if it was on bad terms or on good terms. I just don't remember. But I remember he ended up just cutting. But I have him on like Twitter and shit like that. I still talk to him from time to time. Are you Twitter? Yeah, I have a Twitter. Yeah. But do you Twitter or do you like lurk? I'm a lurker on Twitter. I don't really tweet much. I I I I, I barely even lurk, bro. I just go on there to tweet on one. Two. I literally just started tweeting again. Like I'm mm. like, yo, what am I doing? Let me get on everything. I got like one guy that I'm booking for an interview through Twitter now. It's my first Twitter booking. Twitter is a big thing, especially for the states, bro. Mm, that's what it is. Yeah, I guess. Look, I look at uh, trending, bro. Facebook is not a thing down there. Not a not like nothing. Instagram and Twitter down there, bro. I mean, I feel like it's a complex thing. Currently, Clubhouse seems to be a hot topic, but I don't have an Apple device, so I can't Clubhouse. True, true. But for the past years, yeah, it's been Twitter and Instagram, bro. But I feel like that's um, why. That's why. That's why motherfucking uh, little... Trump sending tweets. That's why that's such a big thing. There's, it's definitely more gray than that, but you're probably right. Instagram is real powerful, but Instagram is powerful here because like here, Instagram's big. What are you? Yes, Facebook. Instagram is huge here, but, but like, for us, Facebook is the secondary app. No, no, no. At least there's at least at least our age group. There's like an age curve, is what I'm saying. Like at least yo, our age. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Because like these twenty five, these twenty year olds aren't even. On Facebook, really, right? Like the twenty-year-olds, they don't have fucking. Yeah. They don't give a shit. They might have a likable Facebook page. It has like fucking a tenth of anything else. Yeah, and they're, they're not they're even on all. Instagram. They're surprisingly not all fucking on TikTok either. But they no, really. But they use Instagram the way I use Facebook as the messenger. Yeah. Messenger is yeah. my primary way of keeping in touch with with people, right? And so, yeah. in the same way, like. They treat Instagram that like that. Like, yo, I'm watching this man's that I'm gonna be interviewing in a month or so. He's like 20, maybe even younger. He ran this fucking contest all through hashtags and Instagrams. Like, I'm doing the same shit in Facebook groups, and I'm feeling old as fuck because these kids can somehow do it on fucking Instagram. And I'm like, how? How did you make? I couldn't even think like that. Am I posting too much or too little? I don't know how to do this Instagram content. No, I know how to do a group, but let's be real. There's an age curve there. Like, yeah, not a lot of kids is popping into my Facebook group. How do I make it everywhere? You know what I'm saying? So like, I'm learning a lot about the demos of the different apps. So you got a lot of power in what you're saying too. But in the states, it's definitely sure. different than Montreal. Like, I know about Montreal a little sure. bit more than I know about like the states. I know old people. Like when I'm saying old 45 plus, they are the biggest yeah. people on Facebook and they spend so much fucking money that it's not even our app anymore, dog. Like, I, yeah, yeah, straight up. Like one of I spend a lot of time on IG. That's where like I spent, I, I post a lot on Facebook because like, I don't know, I have a lot of close people on there, you know what I'm saying? But uh, IG is like my secondary. I'm now actually, it's so crazy. I'm now actually getting into like learning TikTok. Yo, TikTok's fire, but like yeah, I just actually got a um, I just got a a stand to hold my phone so that way I can actually I'm gonna go live with making beats. That's a fire move. Um, I don't know. I haven't figured out how I want to TikTok. There's a lot of options, but I have to say, no matter what you like on TikTok, 
if you type in the word that you like with the word talk after it, you'll find like a community for it, like plant talk. I, I stumbled onto plant talk. That's people who grow plants and they make yeah. TikToks about their plants. There's mushroom talk. This is like people who go and do like wild mushroom hunting. And I can't tell you what I'm going to do. Bro. That's fair. I already have the name. That's why. Is but it, I got to do it. Then I'm going to. Then I'm gonna, yeah, bro, you know me. You know me. I have all ideas already. I mean, I all I could think of is the like the basic shit I would want to do, like the fucking duets and the the fucking rapidy raps here and there. Yeah. That sounds appealing to me. I don't think I'm uh-huh. funny enough for TikTok. It seems like a funny person platform. Like you need to be. No, humorous. there's all kinds of different things on there. You, we just happen to see a lot of the funny shit because the funny shit happens to stand out. Yeah, it's good, man. I really enjoy the good relationship comedy. Like I like mm-hmm. those wife and husband jokes now. <laughs> yeah, there's a few of them that's popping on there. There's a few of everything on there, man. There's Fair a few enough. of everything on there. That's what I'm realizing. And like, I have a few people around me now that are talking to me, like, "Yo, how are you not on TikTok yet? Yo, get on TikTok." Like, I have like, because I, I now have like a couple people that work with me on the music. Mm. So that's what like like employees type thing. So what would you recommend for the TikTok as to what you should be using it for? My TikTok over other things. TikTok apparently I'm learning about TikTok right now. Apparently it's easy to just gain followers if you're catching people's attention. So if uh if lights caught my attention, lights to catch other people's attention. So I'm gonna make beats. My beat machine is actually is pretty serious. Like anytime, like most of the time that I make beats, I end up putting like little snippets and things online or go live, like and, and like put it in a story or some shit like that. So people know like my machine has a lot of lights. So if I put something like this on on, on TikTok, there's no reason why it shouldn't bubble. Yeah, I have this memory of you making a beat live on Facebook with a rum and coke. I remember probably doing a one drink because I, I don't really drink. I'm not just, much of a I drinker, but this, once like, in a blue moon, I probably do have like a one. Honest to God, I probably drink like twice a year. Yeah, I'm with you on that. Um, I drank recently because uh, a company sent me a bunch of whiskey for free for like a, oh. a, a virtual whiskey tasting, but it was like a they had a budget, right? Because they couldn't do their okay. conference. Imagine your conference gets canceled and you're sitting on like five mil. Now you're going to do something fancy virtually. So yeah. shout out Zendesk for the free. And it wasn't like bullshit whiskey. It was like aged, delicious, like we did a whiskey tasting whiskey. And okay. then, uh, so I got a little drunk a little bit at that point. <laughs> but that's it. Like, I don't know. I have, like, this bottle of rum that has lasted, like, 18 months so far. True. Right. Yeah, me, I've never been a drinker. Because, again, like, most of my life I was in church, like, really learning how to do stuff. But then later on, I, you know, you choose, you know, when did weed you get into or motherfucking weed? liquor. When did you I get into the cheese, weed? Man. Yeah, it just happened because... I'm always doing whatever's gonna help me with my music. Mm. Liquor won't. So when did it you uh, when did you get into trees? Uh, after high, I started in high school, I started at the end of high school. Mm. Like that's when I stopped going to church and all that. That's when I started to like listen to the boys, them, you know. 
So that's, right. that's when I really started to see what was popping. Uh, I remember the first time I didn't really feel nothing. I remember the second time I didn't feel a damn thing. The third time, yo, listen, I felt like I touched God's motherfucking finger. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> I was, I was like, oh, this yeah. is what it is. Yeah. You know? I, I and then you started. That. You start experimenting and seeing more and more different types of trees. Back then, it was M thirty nine. That was the closest thing. Like that was the easiest thing to get your hands on back then. I don't you know? know if Lemaf is still on here, but today Lemaf made a post that said M thirty nine, and it started a bunch of people listing strains, and that was my favorite part of Facebook today. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know what it is, but Lemaf has this campaign running where, like, he says one word, and people just list synonyms to it. And I'm like, this is the dumbest shit that nobody's ever done. And Lamef is crushing it. It's not like you just no. think of a word. I remember like, I remember so much different. And I was still like a rookie back then when when M thirty nine was like shit, you know. Mm. But now, given everything else that there is, holy shit! Yo, I had you to know? like Google a lot of things when the weed store opened. Yeah, I happened when I moved to Toronto. I happened to work at a weed store. So my knowledge on trees. Like one of the ones on like around Young Street downtown and whatnot. Or one of the I used to work at a cannon clinic on Dundas and Ossington. Okay. Okay. And then when the raids started happening, they transferred me to a store on St. Clair with a different name. And then I trained all the employees there and I was assistant manager there. And then they sent me back. Yo, there's a, that's a whole, that's a whole story. That's a whole, that that's a whole story. Man. All right. That's like a teaser <laughs> for the next time. All right. So let's go oh, back to God. Dawson. You dropped out. Yes. Your baby. I dropped out of Dawson, went to Rosemount Tech, dropped out of Rosemount Tech after doing some um, artwork. And then I went and we did the RBR shit. So, for the next, after RBR, that's when I switched up and I heard, we had heard about that other studio, so that's when I started to go down there and that's when I first experienced like the studio vibe. From there, um, I started doing little sessions from time to time, like just recording sessions. I wasn't mixing, I wasn't a mixing engineer at the time, I was just a recording. So I remember doing a couple sessions there. Uh, that was back when it was banded then, we did um, Studio Drex. Um, a dude, Chad, he became the engineer for the squad at the time because it was Pro Tools and I was not a Pro Tools guy. Mm. So, and I'm a stubborn dude, man. Like, you know, I'm like, I'm not learning Pro Tools. That's like, you know, nah, man. I get it. I'm an man. English dude. That's like, that's a, that, I'm an English dude. You telling me to learn Pro Tools is the equivalency of you telling me to learn French. Ah, I got so much other shit to do, bro. I ain't got time for that shit. That's that's a distraction. <laughs> no, but you know what? Like, if you think about that, practically speaking, like there was a huge push for Pro Tools. So what people don't know is, and it was something I learned with that Stavros Adamopoulos guy who's making that movie with Tech Luciano and them. Um, okay. So he was telling me about how Adobe became like the standard uh, yep. for independent. And it was a yep. lot because businesses do it. And they got excellent business options available. So I know about that from, like, my life in software. Uh, so Adobe really is good. <laughs> like, they're expensive. But if you have money, they're good. So if you're an independent. Bro, what is it, 60 bucks a month right now? Yeah, but you get a 50 lot. 50 bucks a month to get everything? 
but you get a lot. You can make stacks. Yeah, that. you get all of the softwares at that price. All of the software. One software is twenty five bucks, uh, unless it's Photoshop, which is a little cheaper. Uh, Trust no, me. I pay Photoshop. for the single Photoshop for my guy because like he's yeah. doing graphics for me. Uh, seventeen eighty eight a month. Okay. So, okay. So but Photoshop is special. Everything they else. They probably had a deal. Because um, when I when I when I seen that Photoshop and uh, if you wanted Photoshop and if you wanted uh, Premiere, both of those two was the equivalency yeah. of getting the whole pack. Big facts, but that is how it is because the other ones are all thirty bucks or twenty. So they have two pricing models. They have uh, annual with no commitment, and it's like fucking expensive, like thirty dollars a month. And then they drop the price a bit if you agree to commit for a year. So now you ha you can't cancel for a fucking year. Um, so like, yeah. it's, it's, anyway, I, I know a little well, bit about this. They might as well charge you one time. So here's the problem. It's, uh, it's not how it works. So it's a stock market thing. <laughs> this is about big money, man. So I can talk about, I have to be careful with this subject because I do have like a contract at work. So I have yeah. to dance around yeah. it a bit. But if you look at how it works is, um, so what they realized is people can't afford that $400 shit. So motherfuckers is cracking everything. Like for photoshops and right so like if you think about it for the longest time cs5 was free everybody had it everybody oh, had it. even i, I had cs5 right i and have I that on the old windows 7 uh, windows 97 uh yeah on, on my computer bro so then what happened was is due to like fighting piracies and shit, they went account based and then over time they realized that if they dropped the price to what people could afford per bud um they can basically sell you the newest version all the time because you know it was really fucking expensive supporting eight versions. I can tell you one thing. I had to manage knowledge-based migrations for user interface changeovers. Meaning when we went okay. from it looked like that to it looks like this, guy, it took me myself three to six months of full-time effort by myself to run through three languages of this shit. Like you don't understand how expensive supporting so many different versions is like people don't actually know this because you don't think about knowledge base customer service training you guys have problems you're talking about on a tech level there's a virus or a security hack now you got to deal with seven versions of the app because you're supporting sure. it so what they did is they said fuck that y'all going to the newest shit ever and it's subscription now they did that and they made big stacks because instead of charging you 400 dollars one time forever they're charging yeah. you like $600 a year. So the stock market said, oh. <laughs> so like if you watch big financial news, any company that is able to successfully migrate to subscription can uh, double to 10 times its value in a stock price valuation. Every company in every you know the industry. Crazy, you know what the crazy thing is? If they can successfully do it. I have, yeah, I have, I was thinking about this. I was thinking about this, like is within, within a masterclass of like, cause I have a couple of videographers in Toronto that was going to do it. Bro, you want to make a masterclass? I fucks with that heavy. Bro, I'm, I'm not thinking small. Nothing I'm thinking small. that too though. That's like, I fucks with that heavy. We're going to do a video making masterclass. My guy. A video editing. I'd Master watch you teach me shit. Oh, I wouldn't be a teacher. I would just build the website. Uh, and I would put it in a membership oh, setting. You should be doing your own master classes because I'd fucks with you teaching me shit. I'd be like meticulous, sitting there. And this is how you EQ well, now that, vocals. Now that I have 
Now that I have the phone stand, mm. what do you think could come now? It's Perfect. all possible. I, I literally just got the phone stand today. But I love how, like, sometimes it's the basicest tech ever. I actually had this big fucking issue. I didn't know how to record for TikTok because I have all this headphones and shit. None of this shit has fucking mics built into it. It's expensive yeah, shit. You yeah, know what I'm saying? Yeah, it's all wired. Yeah. So all that to say, I literally spent $30 after thinking long and hard and Googling. And in $30, I bought this shitty pair of fucking headphones. And now I can TikTok. <laughs> Fucking Buddy, brethren, man. Let me let me let me give you another hack, bro. You go to um you go to like uh Best Buy, right? You can so you know you have an audio interface but you have your music. Yeah, I do have an audio yeah, interface. Boom. You can connect your audio inter- interface to something like this. What is that? Yo, everybody, pay attention. This looks smart. If you connect your audio interface, so boom, you send your audio out with uh, XLR cable, sure. right? Boom. You connect this to your phone, oh. you have crazy sound directly from the source. Hold up, hold up, hold up. What does that do exactly? <laughs> It's basically like, so it, like me, I use this when I'm making beats. When I'm shooting a video of, uh, okay, yo, I'm going to make a beat video and I just want to fucking just show people what I just made and I'm really excited about this beat. I'm like, yo, this beat's crazy. People are going to trip. Sometimes they do, sometimes they don't. It's, all, it's, it's pretty crazy how motherfucking online works. You never know what they're going to react to. You never you know, know, man, what people so, fucks with. Yeah, so I real I was like I was saying to myself one day I'm like yo I'm tired of sitting there with the audio like I have to hear it from the speaker. Is there a way to get a line directly from my computer into my phone? Okay, that's what I started to do homework into, and that's what this piece does. So in theory, what that would do is I could then bust up my mic like this, and it would be able to send the audio to my phone where I could bust headphones on. And, then and listen to everything on my phone and do like the TikTokies, but bust up the fucking yo. That sounds like some twenty dollar Amazon bullshit. If I ever seen some twenty dollar Amazon bullshit, <laughs> yeah. This is actually thirty dollar Best Buy bullshit. <laughs> you know what I'm saying though? Well, here's the thing: like we're not allowed mm-hmm. to buy that right now in the store. So like I'm going to. No, have... I didn't get it in the store. I bought it online. No, I know, but if I'm going to go online, I'm going to Amazon. I'll find the thirty dollar Amazon version. You know. Amazon has I went to Best Buy and got that shit, and I was like, okay. And then they also have the, because you know how most phones right now, they don't have that, um, they don't have this, this, this the input for this. No, my phone So you has. have to go get the adapter. Okay. Boom, and you're good to go. Hold on, that plugs into the headphone jack? That plugs onto the headphone jack. And that other shit's for your Apple phone crap? And this plugs it, into the phone. Apple that got rid of the headphone jack? No, Samsung did too. I, I got For headphone. real? Oh, wow. I didn't even know. So this is some legacy shit. What up, Rico Blocks? Rico Blocks is up Rico Blocks. Look. Legend. I got, yo, we had a four hour and 20. He's the record holder. Look, I got holes. I got holes. We got holes. (laughs) (laughs) All up inside my phone. That song was a big song, bro. Big facts. I'm a huge Luda fan. I forget about him a lot, but that's. Damn. Ah, it's good times, man. It, man. But yeah, 
that's a that's a, that's you know for producers who want to do uh you know Go for videos where they TikTok. actually have their audio quality that would be a, a life hack for you for rappers who want a TikTok, dude dude you don't understand i bought these fucking headphones and now i'm feeling stupid because for the same price i could have copped that shit and yo I don't know. Does it, I guess it's just audio, though, right? So I still have to fucking fuck with the camera. This does the audio. You still have to record your video. But then still. you can put the, put the two to, you put the two together, and now you have complete control of the audio. No, no, but even still, the, the camera on my phone is better than this bullshit anyway. So actually, this is a huge solution. You didn't even know, bro. Bro, I know. I mean, you knew. I didn't even know. You just solved the problem. This is why I do this. You don't even understand. This is like the biggest benefit of my life because I'm kind of dumber than people think. I think I don't know how dumb I am. Like, yo, I post but my you're shit. Also on smarter. Yo, I post my shit like that so that motherfuckers are like, bro, you're wrong. And you know what? One in like two of these people are right. So I'm like, okay with being like wrong. A lot, you're also you know? smarter than you, you, you put yourself off. No, I mean, I, I know that, but then everyone's like, you're an arrogant motherfucker. And I'm nah, like, nah, nah, nah. Call it how you arrogant. see it. There's a difference. Call it how you see it. I, I would rather go the, like, overly humble route and surprise you than go the overly grandiose route and fucking shove it down your throat. Because I come yeah. off, like, I'm not good at balance, man. It's not like, I don't have that nuanced shit down. I can't handle it, right? I don't. It doesn't make sense sure. to me. So for me, it's like, listen, I'm either going to be this arrogant motherfucker that's up in your face about how I'm smarter than you, or I'm a meek motherfucker, yeah. and I kind of just show you through subtlety what it is. And those who pay attention catch it, and those who don't, don't. True. And that's just me True. knowing myself, right? Like, yo, like, I don't understand comedy anymore. I think too much for comedy. Comedy is some shit that if you think a lot, <laughs> it's very hard. Right, it's very hard. I like British comedy more than I like like American comedy and shit like that. You know, really? Well, because British comedy is often derived over language. A lot of it's linguistic, so it's like really easy to not make fun of people per se when it's linguistic. And when I watch a lot of '80s and '90s comedy, I think about these jokes. And in a lot of ways, it's really punching down shit. It's very rarely punching up. So like, I can't watch like fucking half these things people call classics from the '80s or '90s. Like, I can't watch it. I'm like, yo, like. I just see all the isms that like are normalized that normalize my behavior once upon a time. And I'm not talking about yeah. other people. I'm talking about me. I'm talking about what okay. I thought was appropriate. Um, so when I watch yeah. it now, it's like I'm hypersensitive to it because I'm trying to, yo, I mean, come on, like in two steps over, I'm a vulture. I'm very close to that line in everything I do in this game. And I'm aware of that yeah. too, right? So like I became like stupidly aware of it. Maybe not stupidly, but like excessively aware you of it. You became aware. Like, that's the most important thing and I pay attention to aware. it like hyper a lot so you watch this shit and you're like yo some of this shit is fucking whack and then I think about women and how they're portrayed I'm not saying this for clout my girlfriend can co-sign yeah. the fact that I'm a terrible person to watch a 90s comedy with I think about it I watch like fucking chick flicks and I'm questioning the values of relationships being given to people and I'm actually wondering if friends was actually not a good show at the end of the day and i start thinking and yo it's not a it doesn't matter what other like, i'm just saying i question things now because yeah. i'm like yo tv taught me a bunch of bullshit i don't know about other people but i was the kind of person where in my household my dad would be like and I, I swear this is not fake my dad would quote tv shows as proof of things to win arguments with me when i was a tv a teenager like i see these court case on tv and this that the next thing therefore and so like maybe That's all y'all went through some worlds where that isn't real but i personally lived in a home where tv was highly influential like my mom watches judge judy 
No, I mean, she's still watches Judge Judy. Like, I think it's over now, but, like, like last year she was watching Judge Judy. Like, yo, you don't understand. This shit was, like, big for me. So, like... She was addicted to the show. So, I find it really hard to deal with comedy. I can't handle that, like, all over personality mm-hmm. shit. You know, like, I'm pretty much... I, I love this meek shit. I'm a big comedy man. I love to laugh, as you can tell, right? Like, yeah, it's, like, a big thing. So, like, I love comedy. I love jokes. I love, you know... Just fucking having a good time, man. Shit. I totally, I totally get that. I just, you'll notice I don't joke a lot. I think yeah. a lot and I try to make it interesting and I kind of work around that like lack of, I know that I come off funny and I know how to play to that and yeah. I understand the yeah. perceptions around me, but I also don't think that shit's funny. It just kind of works to a cause and effect relationship. That's very important though to be able to do that. To be able to distinguish the time that okay you're you're like a okay i'm not a funny guy but people do pick up on your comedy because you're calm because you may not see it but you have a dry sense of humor i mean i think you know so that's exactly it you have a dry sense of humor so something that might not be funny to 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 the average person will actually make you laugh yeah, big facts. People don't think, you know, it's also, that's you what I said. Dry I'm British that's what dry that as fuck. Yeah. Yeah. It's dry like motherfucking the desert. You know what I'm saying? Because it's like, but you gotta like think about that's, it. Embrace it. It's you. Yeah. I know. I'm cool with it. I mean, it's working. It makes me do this yeah. shit. I mean, you made it. You make it work. That's the thing. You make it work. It's not working. You make it work. I try a lot to pay attention like i watch the numbers now i'm like mm, people are dipping away maybe i'm talking too much maybe i'm being boring but then i also overthink that i'm like fuck that this is still like half my show like Bro, i actually have rules to this shit like um like we're about to hit i don't know almost three hours of us being live which is dope we're about 15 minutes away so at this part of the show <clears throat> i'm going yo if i'm not like actually going 50 50 with the man's I'm not like holding my own on my brand representation, right? Like, yeah. I, the beginning part can I be like that. heavily skewed I to you. That. Like my girlfriend's like, you talk too much and you cut the. Mo-. I'm like, yo, I kind of have to. Otherwise, what the fuck am I doing it's, here, it's, right? It's a conversation. Yeah, I lied. The interview it's is the biggest lie of my life. It's it's a lie. It's not a monologue. It's not even really an interview. It's a it's a conversation. I just call it an interview yeah. because it's good marketing. Yeah, it's good to yeah yeah. Or you could even, yo, the conversation with this guy, conversation with this, you know what I'm saying? Like, I think interviews are stronger keyword and concepts. Because it is okay. an interview in the bigger sense. I am trying to capture your story. That's my sort mission. Of, yeah. No, not sort of. Yeah. We're going to tie it back to it. But at a certain point, we get distracted and tangential. Like, we're paused at the part where the R&R and you're in that studio, etc. We've actually captured a lot of meticulous story tonight. Yeah. But now yeah. we're also capturing meticulous ideas and shit. Yo, it's there's 4 a whole lot more that leads into all of this right now. Big facts. And shout out Golden Jenny, who said it's 4 a.m. in Norway, so I like you. It's fucking oh, 12 shit. times. Uh-uh. Norway. Yo, that's amazing, dog. Like, I mean, I'm not saying that we're, like, there yet, but we on the rise yeah. and shit, you know? We win yeah, it. We yeah, win yeah. it. And you're a huge part of that, too, to me. Like I said, people may not know locally what you do, but I see what you do. Respect, man. Respect, man. Right. I have a lot of people. I have a lot of people that like do know what I do, and I appreciate each and every single one of them. You know, and right. I make sure that they know that. 
I tell people you're worth your prices, even if I'd never pay them. True. But True. I tell everyone oh, that. I swear. It's not like some shit gassing you up. Like, this guy, that's why I put, literally, I put with that premium blend in the video title yeah. of this shit. Uh, I called you Look. a mogul, too. Because, like, to me, you're like, that's what you is. Like, yo, if motherfuckers yeah. come to you with what's proper, you can flip what's proper into bigger. Some people know how to yeah. flip with small. Some people know how to flip with big. You need lanes for everything. Exactly. Exactly. One of the things that, like, it's funny because a lot of people understand, like, how, like, some softwares work. Um, changing pitches, like, as an engineer, right? Let's go back to the engineering hat. Mm. Uh, pitch correction. Yeah. I like pitch. Pitch correction. Shut this up, is my one engineer thing. for lying in my face for years. This is one thing that has uh, changed the game entirely. You need to make sure you have an engineer who can correct your pitches. Depending on auto tune, is not the only. It's not the only way. You know, there's a lot more to it. Than, so. That's the, if you're trying to go the more natural route, if you want to go with that whole 100%, like, yo, T-Pain, your thing, or, 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 like, you know, if you're trying to go that route, that's cool, but, yo, yo. I cannot sing as good as I sound on my records. Well, yeah, that's the case with most people who see engineers who know what they're doing, you know? But, uh, that's yeah. That's the key. And I'm like, I'm. That's the key. I, and it was it was ironic, right? Because at one point I'm shitting on my man's like never fucking use auto tune, but pitch correct me, please. <laughs> <laughs> I have a lot of people that are like, "Yo, do both," you know. And I also know that there's a lot of people who can't, who don't know how to pitch correct, you know. So like, I'm like, okay. That's a very fun thing to do, man. That's like the most fun part of engineering for me is literally pitch correction. Yeah, I think oh. it's dope. Like, here's the thing. Um, I, I, My attitude towards what you do as an engineer has changed a lot in the last, like, since I started this project for Real Rails and I've talked to a few engineers. And I started seeing, sure. like, the idea of a song because I feel like a lot of us as MCs have egos. And so, like, I'm Mr. One Take K. Like, I'm meaning I'll do, like, 70,000 one takes and you know how much time I honestly wasted if I yeah, really yeah. am being practical like if I'm really thinking about this shit I could dude put out two songs a week if I just ever teach myself how to change how I record okay do you yeah. know that you do know that yeah. because you oh, know for that. Sure. you're an engineer I'd be, I'd be telling people this all the time like, no 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 bring me back I'm like but that was good you just got to take off the end and but you don't understand. Mm -hmm. It's like in my heart and soul, I'm like, but bro, I got to be able to spit this shit at any time. And now I'm in my 30s, right? And I'm like, I don't remember half my songs. But the songs are so dope. I have to now still spend an hour and a half before I go perform anything, memorizing my own shit you gotta again. Learn your, you got to learn your words. So it was like all that ego. When I really started running numbers recently, I'm like, I don't even remember the songs now. I can't. I can barely yeah. do half my catalog. And at one point, yeah, I could spit this whole thing it. verbatim. And I'm like, that's wow. That's basically it. But there yeah. was always a point in time when you could. But then, that's what makes it, that's what makes it so so dope, and that's what makes this process so amazing because you're building now. Mm. So you have 
Your foundation is your tape. Your foundation is your singles. Mm-hmm. All of these little projects that you that's what you're building on. But like eventually guess, you're gonna be over here. What I realized talking to engineers is time is money. And engineers do know yeah. how to time manage better than I do. I'm actually a shit time management person. Um, I'm doing. I Listen, always take on too much. It is what it is. Um, I've learned how. But like that's one a, of the that's a process. One of the things is getting over your ego. The truth is, I could probably record an album in a third of the time if I literally just keep shit that sounds good and just keep going from there. One change, bro. If everybody. <sighs> Again, if you have a dope engineer, trust your engineer. I do trust my engineer. He's if you have dope. a dope engineer, trust your engineer. If you don't have a dope engineer, find yourself a dope engineer. Yeah, shout out. Find another artist that find artists that who have a sound that you you actually enjoy. Yo, listen, don't be afraid. Let, let, let's talk about this for a minute, man. Let's, let's pause the it. whole story for a minute. No, this is the best part. We're in the three hour part. This is where we get into yeah. this shit. <laughs> let's do it like this. If you have other art if you, this doesn't even have to relate to music this relates to everything if you have um different businesses and different people around you that are being really successful at what they're doing talk to them ask them yo uh is there any advice that you could tell me is there, yo that's not a, a sign of weakness nah not at all that's not a sign of weakness that's a yo if you have questions ask them your questions i tell people this all the time if you feel say that there's something going on in your life and you don't know what's really happening or you don't know what to do, if you think of something that you want to ask me, if it's not too personal or whatever the case is, ask me what's up. You know what I'm saying? I'll, I'll give you an unbiased motherfucking opinion. No, but you know like, it's even like, it's all over the self-help books. It's in like the laws of power. It's all over everything, man. It just approach experts with a degree of humility. And because so many people approach experts so incorrectly all the time, that just a degree of humility is often enough like as an example um i approached a beach maker a beat maker and said listen i want to do a thing let me send you some cash for the beat and the first thing he said is fuck the cash bro i fucks with you i'm gonna do it and then he told me after you gotta understand dude nobody comes at me like that so many people try to get free shit i'm like wow so i ended up not having to pay which is dumb because of that but like in my heart and soul i was down like whatever i just budgeted out what i could afford and then if he wasn't whatever i would have found the next guy you know like yeah yeah or whatever you do you'd be like okay cool i'll send you a deposit right now you know yo i swear when people do this sort of stuff with me i'm like yo shit i'm putting you at the top of the motherfucking list right now Mm. that's just you know put your money where your mouth is and if you're asking something and you have money ready to go that shows that you're dead ass about what you're asking for that's true. Mm-hmm. You know, it was one of those like it's like a way of, it's a way of business, and I've listen. <sighs> I've worked with so many different people. Oh, shut up. <laughs> I've worked with so many different people, where it's like, okay, oh, uh, I'm gonna do this, I'm gonna do that, and then I, I'll, I'll give you the money next week. So like, what? Try doing that at Walmart. You know, it doesn't work that way. Nah, it doesn't man. work that way at all, man. I mean, like. Especially without, like, I don't know. Like, I don't want to, like, speak on names or stuff, but I've heard a lot of funny business over the years. And a lot of I time, know. A lot of times it's too. miscommunication. And a lot That's of why right now I'm the dot-com man. It's all cool. Everything is listed on my websites. 
But I think a lot of people are getting more in that direction of life now to avoid miscommunications. Plus, it's a lot simpler. But um, a lot of things happen with miscommunications. But also, a lot of people had this misconception about the idea of free and the value of free and etc. Et well, they have a misconception because they don't know exactly what they're getting. Yeah, that's fair. Um, that's what it is. You don't know what you're getting. If something says free, that's cool. But what exactly can you do? Hmm. What exactly is free? Free beats online. If you go online and you go check, let's say Beat Stars. Let's, 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 uh, let's, let's do it. Do it. If you go on Beat Stars and you go online and you go, okay, boom, I found a beat that's free. Let's rip it off off of YouTube and let's do a song. Yeah. First things shit. first. First things first. Do you know that as a producer, when we upload music to YouTube, when you upload music to the internet, they squash the quality of the music. Yeah, I did know that. They have a filter on there and it squashes the quality. It does. So if you're online grabbing beats from YouTube and saying you're putting out your tracks and your albums, oh, you know how bum ass backwards that is? Yeah. You're going to a you're going to a super quality studio tonight. I have artists that do this up to this day. I'm not mentioning no names, but I have artists that come to see me and they're like, yo, uh, my beats on YouTube. And I'm like, okay, so let's, uh, let's do this. So we do it. Like they send me the beat, uh, the, uh, the song title, whatever we do a search. And then it's like, okay, so you have one or two options. You can do the regular download the beat and just put it on your, and, and, and do the song or you can scroll down to the description and click on the link and go and get the higher version quality of the song. That's the whole point. Free or not, you're going to probably have to give somebody your email address if it's free. Yo, That's I didn't it. even know that. I never once thought to even look or think about that. I'm feeling stupid because I actually know the game you're describing really well. And they never once thought on a free beat that I could just go look at the link and that, and I even knew about the fucking sound compression and I never thought about the fact that like, it is that significant. That's Buddy, big, big knowledge. You gotta right think now. about it like this. Think about it. You're going to a studio recording your vocals, at super high quality. You're paying top dollar to record your vocals. Your vocals come out sounding crisp, but your audio is shit to begin with. Garbage in, garbage out. Now, when we export an MP3, we're compressing the song. So, while your instrument, while your vocals are catching a one compression, your instrumental is catching two. Mm. Okay, I see what you're saying. So, yeah, just so that everybody else knows what that means. Basically, every time you do anything, when you convert a file, which you know, compressing a file is in a sense a conversion. It starts as yep. one thing and it ends as a new thing. So I work in the PDF game, dog. I know all about conversioning. Exactly. But uh, right? it's the same shit across the board, though. Every time that you create a new file from an old file, there is a fidelity loss. And yes, top end blah blah blahs will retain shit. But yo, we're talking yep. like you'll lose five percent. Now, when we're talking about sound, 
that's five percent plus five percent now you've lost a ten percent quality dip let's take it a step further <laughs> do it you upload the song to spotify runs it's fucking shit now Boom. you lost a little bit of quality again that's true eh um, I've never done the blind sound test to see which of these platforms I actually like the sound of. I, don't, I have no idea. I could not tell you. I heard uh, Tidal's the best one. Tidal is the best one, especially for um, for what they pay artists. Mm. Spotify is the shittiest. But Spotify is the volume, and that's the Spotify issue. is your volume. Spotify is so the you traffic. Can, like actually make more because of that on a Spotify. I don't. You can more. if you have the right marketing happening. Yo, Scribble, this is how we do. When we get you on this fucking podcast, dog, it's going to be ours too. Because, yo, there's so much to talk about. Right now we're discussing Spotify and Tidal. Like, how could we not? It's just a Tidal is key because, first things first, you can't put a single on Tidal. I had no oh. idea. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> you can't put a single on Tidal. Huh. Title? Are my albums That's there? Album. I guess my albums are yeah. there. That's okay. why they pay so much. Fucking nifty. That's why they pay so much? So, okay, that's a fascinating point. So that's probably trash for like a whole lot of a lot of people. Like, um, a whole lot of people aren't there are are not going to benefit from title actually. But yo, check not it. yet. But though, here's how you do. Here's how. Here's the like. There's a game plan to it, right? Well, hold up. I Since we're in respond huh? to we just before your game plan, Scribble says, and Scribble's dope. I'm totally happy with Spotify. I don't get to hate. True. And that's why that's where I'm kind of like. Here's the thing: like people act like, and I want to just chime in on that point a little bit before we talk about the game plan for title. Don't worry, I'm not gonna forget that. I'm I'm interested, but like people forget that like Spotify is an end user product first, and it's a yeah. dope end user product. Yes. Like, I love using Spotify as a user. I do, too. I don't really yeah. care that much about the back end and the money at album sales and all that bullshit, personally. But yeah. I can tell you one thing. I got a 50 USD fucking payout from DistroKid, and that didn't suck. Um, and uh, uh, I can listen to myself on Spotify, and I like that. Yeah. Because honestly, I use Spotify, and that's really like what it is. Plus, yeah, Scribble said you discover so much on Spotify. Yeah. Plus, I was able to verify that you were the beat maker of Viva's beats on two tracks because of Spotify credits. Although one of them it was the cover art because you weren't in the credits. But that's not the point. Yeah. Uh, uh, <clears throat> but that's the thing is, so, yo, did you yeah. know that Spotify currently is lyric search? So if you upload yes. your lyrics, so yeah. like I'm saying, like. People want to hate about what, like, we like, do the like when we upload music. This is exactly what we do. Is like, I make sure that we have as much of the data as possible, because remember back in the day when you would get a an album, you would go to um, HMV, right. go buy an album. Yes, you would. Uh, yes, I would. You buy the CD. You get you get the whole book. Oh yeah. You get the whole book. So now you get to go in there and search and be like, okay, some have lyrics. Some have all of the most, every single album at least has all the stats of who did what. 
that was the most important thing for me. Yeah. Make sure your motherfucking name is everywhere. But that's it too. Like when when I say like be on Spotify, I'm not saying don't be on Bandcamp and SoundCloud because you know what? Yeah. You'll find my track "Lose Weight" on Reverb Nation. <laughs> I uploaded it as a joke to myself. Uh, why? Okay, because somebody put me on Reverb Nation. As in, like, motherfucker, I'm not going to say whatever. It doesn't matter. Guy uploads and uses Reverb Nation. So I logged into Reverb Nation as a joke because I'm like, where the fuck is my ranking? Do you remember the rankings on Reverb Nation? Yes. I, so yeah. I logged in, and this mother... Yo, we already talked about SoundClick Scribble. You missed that part. <laughs> I'm kidding. Uh, <laughs> um, so I log in, and then Reverb Nation puts me at number three or four in Montreal. And I really liked it because it put me above somebody else and I thought it was funny. So I, I took that screenshot and posted it. Um, <laughs> I just enjoy that. But then I realized it was a marketing move on their end. So they, they track if you fresh log in and they move you to the top of your city now because there's nobody on their shit, right? Like who the fuck's on Reverb Nation? And then you start getting the ads and then your chart position starts falling and they're like, pay me, 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 pay me. And we'll get you all the love and all the buzz and all the shit. And then you start seeing Reverb Nation ads with yourself on sites like Genius. Oh, it gets deep, dog. They're fucking good at this shit. And then you get offers to be the artist that other people see in that ad that appears on Genius, but just pay them $30 or whatever. And you're sitting there the whole time going, ain't nobody going to fucking click back to that Reverb Nation shit. Yeah. Um, anyway, yeah. so Reverb Nation's there. But I figured, you know what? As a blind test, let's upload the track because fuck it. It's already on shit that's free and see what the fuck happens. Nothing. Nothing's yeah. what the fuck happened. <laughs> Stop this. <laughs> that's right. I put a song on Reverb Nation in 2020. <laughs> Wow. I didn't even know. Yo, you know MySpace right now is a, is like a music search engine? I did not. I went to the website the other day just to um just to see. And I saw my profile there sitting at the same studio that I told you about uh, at 1180. Amazing. That's my profile picture. Oh, I should start combing MySpace for some of this old shit. No, there's, I don't think I, there was no music there, though. Yeah, but still, like, imagine what's there. Imagine the pictures, the throwbacks, the Nardwar effect potential. I don't know. My own only had the one profile pic. I literally did a search and said, I typed in and said, meticulous. Mm. I looked at it, I was like, oh, shit. Yo, I wonder if I'm still there. Crazy, bro. Brought back a lot of memories. I mean, the website looks entirely different. I don't see Tom anywhere. That's fair. I think Tom sold the website. <laughs> I think Tom did get it. I think I remember reading that. Yo, I have a question, though. How, how do you What's game uh, fucking title? I did say we go back to that. Okay. Okay. So, here is the gem. You take advantage of Spotify by dropping singles. Right? This is a singles time right now. People's attention span can barely even finish your full song. Don't give him anything more. Not yet. Wait. You got to be now. Now you got to start. Now you got to start running big things. Now you got to put your big boy pants on. You got to start running marketing schemes. Marketing. Now, a lot of people just got bite this year, the beginning of the year, because Spotify said all the songs that had a little bit of players 
little bit of plays, and then boom, like that, they deleted the song. Yeah, that happened. Oh boy, did that happen this year? They deleted Suddenly, that song. They, they deleted the that. song off Spotify straight. Like they were like, "Oh, that's impossible." <laughs> so those songs all started getting deleted. Hold up, just so that you guys know. I follow this music analyst guy, and it's actually apparently against the uh, end user license agreement of Spotify for artists for you to actually pay for a playmate. You can pay for influencers to consider you, but you can't pay bots and playlists. That That is exactly. an actual grounds to getting banned on Spotify. And you all might go, but that's not fair. No, dog, you actually agreed to this shit. When you agreed website. to you this shit. I agree. So, like, it's the same thing on Facebook. Facebook if you when get... Facebook lost it in October, when when we got that message on Facebook and everyone's like, yo, what the fuck? I was like, literally like, why are you guys losing your shit? You clicked I agree. Build your own .com. Most people here don't even have their own website. So they don't even see the power of it. Mm, power of a website they is don't see the power. You see, look, Nipsey Hussle had it right when he was talking about ownership. But most people don't understand is that we're going into a digital age, right? We're in a digital age. How do you not have a website? Mm. How do you not have your own .com or your own .ca or your own anything? I'm going to be real How with you. you. The answer How is, is your only on Instagram? Yeah, Instagram alone. Uh, you know what? I'll accept. So I have a Patreon. Mm-hmm. It's not necessarily okay. my website. But I'm also going, do I really want to direct people 100% to my website or to places I can get money right now? And you may go, but hold it. You can do a lot with your website to make money with e-commerce, etc. And I would go, yes, meticulous, but I'm still learning how to interview people and I can't focus on that right now. Therefore, uh, I'm going to say like, yes, yes, you could be like, dog, hit me up, whatever. That's a whole other conversation. But like, I, I see you. I see you getting ready. <laughs> but like where I'm going with it is... Um, Patreon to me is a viable, like temporary, but I also have behind that suit.com. Don't get me wrong. We make sure to have the domain and we have the site and it just sits there and it's got like links to all my other shit as like, uh, whatever. Okay. So okay. it's there. I have as it. long as you have it there, that's the key. So I don't want to like, but, to, but it was to answer your question. I loafed on that for so long, honestly, because YouTube, Patreon, etc., actually had dollars attached to it. Like, I mean, I got monetized on YouTube. I'm like, eh, maybe I'll just push people to YouTube. And then that was stupid because yeah. YouTube is small money is what I learned. Exactly. But Twitch is not shit money, actually. It's not no. great money, but it's not shit money. I was actually surprised no. at Twitch. I was like, oh, fuck me. Uh, you know what? Uh, maybe pushing people to my Twitch and getting some followers there is fine. Even it's on the ads... Money. The ads alone are like three to four times what YouTube does. And I'm like, YouTube is not as powerful as people think. It is if you are the right. So listen, I'm not an editor. I'm a raw motherfucker. I want to come and talk at you. It's always been my shit. And that shit doesn't work on YouTube. But that's what the Twitch crowd fucks with. So like I was on the wrong platform. And I, sometimes I like push heavy on Twitch and people might think I don't like see the bigger picture, but it really is about context. So if you're yeah. a polished video maker, video essay, you're going to sit there and put all the clips in the right order to create the dramatic effect on how to keep them all fuckers interest, whatever, whatever, whatever. Yep. Then go on YouTube because yeah. that shit, you actually will probably pwn that algorithm. Me, I got to be live on Twitch right now because it's the move. And then I take my shit and I put it on YouTube after. And that's yeah. where it stays. And then we you got put, a clips channel now. So now we got you put the, pieces of it there. No, I do the full video because uh, Twitch only holds it for 60 days. It's not permanent. 
So this will okay. be like edit it. We're gonna edit out the parts with the music. We're gonna edit out the pee break. Da 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 da. And then like yeah. we put this on fucking YouTube after as a permanent. So I actually started releasing even today. I put out a YouTube video for like a interview I did in like December because I'm starting to like catch up. I feel like oh, a month after. But I want to be like a month or so, maybe two weeks. But like there should be a delay period when the clips come out where yeah. I'm not because the, the Twitch, you can in theory, and this is not like me pushing in theory, motherfuckers can throw donations at any time on Twitch in a way that they cannot do on YouTube. Exactly. So, makes sense. Like, why am I going to really push people who might be highly invested in this content piece enough to maybe throw a 50 cents at me versus what the ad? Where like you're yeah. not gonna make that fifty cents yeah. unless some it's happened and it does happen. If somebody buys the motherfucking thing off of your shit, you get like this random one dollar spike. Yeah. And you're like, nah, there's no way that that happened. Like what? That video got like six views. How the hell did it make a dollar? Oh, somebody actually <laughs> bought the shit. Holy fuck! <laughs> you know, like it happens. Oh, we're gonna get to, oh yeah that's actually a really big thing what boy blue mm, let's talk about that that's montreal history shit. okay at the time i was pissed at my bank let's go let's let's start the story there i was pissed at my bank so i switched banks we'll call bank uh bank a bank b's bank b second boom we're not that pissed so I switched at the bank. to bank b Huh? <laughs> We're not that pissed at the bank. <laughs> no, I was pissed. So I, I dipped out. I was like, yo, I'm out. Uh, so I closed that account. And I have different things. So at the time, okay. Here's another gem for people. Drop it. Like SoCan.ca. Sign up. Say that again? SoCan. Oh. SoCan. S-O-C-A-N dot C-A. Slash China. Sign up. Then download the PDF all and then find this a printer. Is this is who pays musicians. It's true. So can. Everybody should sign up. I don't know why everyone's like, I don't know. But anyways. Because there's no printer. They, I can't find a huh? printer. And it's COVID. And this is literally why. I know because here's the thing I loved. So currently right yeah. now. What happened was they downloaded this PDF and you have to go sign mm -hmm. this motherfucker. And, mm -hmm. um, uh, and basically I went ahead and just put it off until COVID kicked in. And then I started talking to people and they're like, so can, and I started thinking and I said, Oh wow. How did I never really get around to fucking doing this? Um, and I didn't. And then I encountered this problem with printers and I said to myself, eh, I'll do it when I can print shit. And that's honestly where I'm at with it. Well, dude, it's not even legal to go to a fucking store right now. So, like, I'm not going to go. I know, right I know, now. I know, I know. And I, I, I haven't really been able to go anywhere with a print. I know this sounds stupid to y'all, but I take this COVID shit really seriously. And I think a lot of people have been stupidly liberal with their COVIDness. Oh, and it seems like, clearly. listen, I don't need the fucking $58 that <laughs> I make. Okay. Like, I don't. You can't. You need a physical fucking printer right now, okay? Like, and I know yeah, it sounds stupid to people, but since, like, I, okay, I went to the end of the week barbecue, and I know I was on footage there, and I got caught on footage in a crowd of people during COVID, and I thought about my ethics of being a role model person, and I said, fuck that. I'm going to be, like, 
a role model citizen about this COVID yeah. shit because the numbers are trash. And honestly, I didn't want what's happening today to happen. And then I said to myself, is going to print paper for this artist shit that I can easily do in March or April actually fucking worth it? No, but that's the thing is people act like I'm losing out on money, but y'all don't know what my back end looks it's, like. It's and I know exactly what the fuck my back end looks like. And I'm telling you yeah. that I make more money, not deal. I would make more money in a lot of ways doing anything yeah. than actually going to deal yeah. with that right now. And Distro Kid already okay. hooked me up with a chunk. So like, I'm like, okay, sure. fine. Like whatever guys sure. for 60 bucks. Like, sure. I'm like, look, I'm sorry. I know that to some people that might come off callous in these times. But I didn't track yeah. all of my performances, so I'm not getting that fucking money. I didn't track anything exactly. for fucking. So like, it's like you're right. Moving forward, yes. your boy's gonna get proper. But guess what? Get I dropped money. three fucking albums and I paid for that shit. So like, I'm also going not real paid, but I've made money on that. So yeah. I'm going. Yeah. Ah. What's the name of the game, brother. I know. Residual income. I know it now. I'm just explaining because some people have had this conversation with me. Why, like, let's forgive people for not going to print shit in COVID, and then the no, definitely, second definitely. that is done, and it's not, and it's not you, and it's not, it's not towards you. It's just overall, just no, overall. No, you're right, and I'm saying that so from good. a position of privilege where I also recognize. Listen, I have not sold or pushed my music enough for it to be like a consideration, but most of these people have. Yeah, but that's why. And so that's I. Why. I also like I'm saying that like do not listen to me as a role model here. I'm a fucking <laughs> terrible role model. You see it, you guys see how Merker's blowing up the chat right now? You listen to these engineer guys, you know? Like yeah, that, that's what's up. Yes, yeah. sir. Yes, sir. <laughs> so peep game now. You so I registered we did a song, Boy Blue and Myself. Mm. Um Main Chick. That was produced by me and he obviously did the song. I was not, remember my bank account was registered to bank A with SOCAN, not to bank B. So when I was pissed at bank B, I went back to bank A. Mm. When I turned on bank A, I says to myself, okay, cool. Boom, I'm back. Everything's blessed. Okay, cool. Everything looks the same. Checking my papers. Okay, cool. Everything's the same. Cool. Then I'm like, uh, oh, I've been releasing some songs. Let me go register everything on SoCan. Uh, so I go double check my SoCan. I was trying to get in. I had to change my password. Da, 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 da. Finally get in. Then I'm like, uh, oh, no, this was, no, no, wrong order. As I turn my bank account on, four days later, I get $1,000 from SoCan. I said, what the fuck is this? Yo. And I didn't realize it was from SoCan at the time. So I just got $1,000 in my bank account when I woke up one day. I'm like, so check my bank account. It's from SoCan. I'm like, from SoCan? Really? That's so now, go into SoCan, log in, try to do the password shift, didn't get in, boom, 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 change password, got in. Check my account. Because Boy Blue, main chick, was on TV when much vibe was popping, that shit got plays like crazy. So then I realized the SoCan is a real deal. Yeah. And that shit can happen. And honestly, I'm not going to lie to you. At a psychological level, I haven't pushed it because I haven't done SoCan yet. 
and I always put it yeah. off like some fucking ghost. And I don't know why it's scary, but like for me, it was a scary idea up until like I listened to it. And shout out Seab Dread, he broke down so can to me. And then I started hearing about grants, and then I started hearing about all this shit that I'm sitting there. Like, Yo, because I basically said to myself, "Fuck that! I'm gonna go through corporate America and make my money up. Fuck everybody. Fuck all that shit." And so I did that. And then I realized yeah. that was maybe not necessary. As much as like, I mean, don't get me Bro. wrong. It was worth it. The moment that I'm kicking things down, saying, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to do that. I ain't out here to try to learn French. Get out of here with all that shit. Like, Shout I'm here out, to do uh, this. Merker, you know? who's saying, main chick, boy, blue, with genius on the hook, recorded by me. Montreal Classic. Shout out, Gremlin, for riding through with us still. Shout out, Willie, for showing up. Shout out, Rico Blocks, for still being there. Anyway. Bro, all legends, bro. Merker is a fucking super G, bro. And you know the crazy thing is? What? I've never met the man. Me neither. <laughs> well, I had a digital chat with him recently for the first time. But me and yeah. Merker, we're DM buddies. I would say we're DM buddies. Yeah, I've spoken to him a few times too. DMs all the way, man. I have a, I have a couple plans in my head that include this man. Mm. Yo, the time will too. come. I have a plan with him, too, that I don't know if we're actually going to follow up with, but I hope we do. But you know what? Sometimes you make plans in the heat of the moment at 2 in the morning, and then you, like, you know, go when the fuck are you ever going to, like, have fucking time for that shit. So, like, you know what it is? Uh, yeah. He says, I didn't produce it, though, so I didn't get $1,000 from SoCan with some teary faces. But that's fucking fire stills, dude. See, that's also part of why I didn't do it. It's like I knew that's not that's not coming to me, dude. Like, I know I'm going to get a $60 check maybe maybe 50 maybe 100 buddy like, i'm just showing you residual income rolls into no, no, no. something the more you become a, the more you become who you are yeah big facts. more people are going to check your music no, 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 but more people yeah music that's more residuals and more that's, money but that's all part of my big plan too right like yo listen i realized something i got almost a half a million views on youtube it took me a lot of videos way more videos than it's cool to admit okay way True. more videos than it's cool to admit but it's still <laughs> Half a million views is a crazy number to think about. We're just shy. We're about 20,000 views away. So I don't want to say it's there yet. Crazy. And it took over four years. Crazy. But like at a, at a level of thinking about and I'm like, yo. And it did not do that much to my music conversion. I do think this project that I'm on currently with these interviews will actually maybe get more interest in my music. I'm not going to lie. I think it could happen. Well, yeah. That's what I'm showing you is that futuristically, you got to be thinking about the future, not the not now. now. I, I'm totally You're thinking about the now no, with I'm the $60. Down, no, see, I'm downplaying some shit here. No, for me, COVID's a printer thing. I'm okay with this, whatever. Yeah. I'm going to get the second I can get to a fucking printer clean, I'm going to go yeah. register because it's fucking. Yeah. I have the PDF downloaded on my computer. I looked into so it. So you're already ready. You're already halfway yeah, there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm saying so don't like, be like me, though, but also don't judge motherfuckers for waiting for printer access because I'm not buying no, a printer no. for this shit. I would Far from out. a judge, my guy. I'm saying Stop buying a printer for this purpose would cut half my SoCan rewards, okay? <laughs> Stop this. You have to invest for SoCan? <laughs> but that's what I'm saying. Like, But also at the same time, is it backlogged? Like, is it like you log in and it goes backlogged? You have, uh, if, you, if you register a song, right? Like you have an ISRC? You have, uh, I think it's six months. No. You have one year that they go back. They, go, they could potentially go back. But it's not a guarantee, right? Yeah, that's cool. Nobody listen to my shit yeah, until this yeah. year. Yeah. 
Yeah. And even then. But whatever. Once you register, at least you're registered. And then no, you got to make sure you register every song. Because here's the you thing. Gotta, at that point, is once that's, where, that's where it's important for you to know what's popping with your rights and your royalties as producers, I as writers, you as break publishers. Down a, you want to do like a one-on-one on royalties and publishing? Okay. Well, we'll, we'll break down what happens before publishing. Do it. Because most people here don't have a public. I am a publisher now. Yeah. I am a publisher now. Like, I built a publishing company last year when I realized how important it is. All right. So, so let's say that these are words that most people think they know what they mean, but probably don't. And I'm playing a little bit stupid in this conversation for the sake of making you talk. Okay. So, boom. You make a song. You... Uh, okay, let's 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 start off real simple. You make a song, you hit up Merker, you have a beat that you get from Merker. Yeah. Merker, uh Which y'all should do he, by the way. Huh? I'm saying y'all should do that. Hit up Merker, buy a beat. And hit up you. Yeah. yeah. Both of you yeah, buy man. beats. I forgot you made beats in this moment. I was thinking of you as a publisher. My bad. Hit up everybody <laughs> well, and buy I'm, beats. Buddy, I play I, I play every role, but that's so that's it. the thing, right? Okay, Sorry. so boom. You cop a beat from Merker. Now you write a song, right? You call you you go see Merker to record it, or you go to any studio. It doesn't matter which studio you go to record at that point because you go wherever you're comfortable. Yeah. Uh, your engineer obviously is not eating anything. He's eating on the hourly rate that he's charging for engineering, unless he has a different role that he also plays. If he's an engineer and producer, then it's like you know. But this is a case where Merker produced it. So boom, Merker now owns fifty percent of this song. In regards to the royalties and uh, and the mechanicals, he owns fifty percent of both because you know, mechanicals uh, too. That I was unaware of. No, he owns. Okay, not necessarily. Okay, can because you license the, the mechanicals? Mechanical, mechanical starts dealing with the publishing issues, right? Right. So that's that's also a different case. That if you're not if you're not uh, one who it's complicated. That's where it starts to get complicated, man. Like, because like, I know that because from what I understood, so, just like because quickly, there's like the songwriting element, which is what you're saying. Instantly, fifty yes. percent goes to like whatever. From what I read, and I could be wrong, you can't sell that. That is always in case, in fact, and I don't know if I'm right about that's that. Yours, you can you can pass it on to your kid, but you can't. If I'm not mistaken, even with licensing, like that royalty can't be sold. If I'm not, I could be wrong about that. It can be, but that's heavily ill-advised. Okay. Right. Heavily ill-advised. And that's Nobody, not the mechanical one we're talking about. We're talking about the songwriter. No, 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 no. This is just the, this is just the songwriter's app, right. right? So when you have a publisher on board, that automatic. Okay, so before we get to the publisher, 50% of the song is for the writer, 50% of the song is for the guy who made the beat, the, the yeah. producer. So um, in this case, but so can calls that is the composer. Right. Composer and author. So it's not even a songwriter. Author of the words, composer of the music. I like that. So um, 50%, 50%. The ways that you can find different people through SOCAN to see if they're on SOCAN is if you have their first name, last name, and social insurance, or if you have what is called an IPI number. Now, IPI numbers are basically numbers that Every single songwriter's, um, they call them the PRO. That's for um, 
What is that? What is it? Uh, what is it? Um, I have no idea what it is. Yeah, I don't even remember what it's called right now. What is what what it stands for? But they're they're PROs. SoCan is a PRO. ASCAP in the states is a PRO. Um, BMI in the states is a is a is is also a PRO. All three of them. So every single PRO company out there who deals with the royalties of an artist, every single artist has an IPI number, and every company uses these IPI numbers. So if I do a song with a dude in Alabama, no, let's say Atlanta. No, I swear, I did a whole album with a guy in Alabama with his beats. I swear. So then, boom, there you go. So boom, you do the whole thing like I do it in Alabama. All he needs to give to you is his IPI number, and you can register the whole song, all the songs that he that you guys did together. So what if I can't get that from him because he ghosted me, and I just have his name? If you can't, you can't. That song is burnt. The name of the game is big. The name of the game is for when you're buying a beat, make sure you get that. Hold up. So you say when I'm buying if you buy a beat, when I'm buying a beat, I need to make sure I'm actually gonna check this motherfucker. He sent me snail mail receipts. I swear to fucking god. I don't even have a digital way to contact him. I'm gonna see if he wrote that shit on there because I don't even know. Well, I, that's a very important thing to get. IPI number. Very important. So on, everybody needs look, to know that because I didn't if know you that. Go, exactly. So if you go to meticulousbeats.com and you buy a beat on there, there's a contract that it comes with. Mm. My IPI number is listed. Respect. Yo, this is big facts for everybody out there because you know, a lot of people try to talk about copyright. And I'm like, I, I know enough to know that you know what you're talking about. And that, you know what I'm saying? So, like, yo, PRO stands for Performance Rights Organization. That's from. There you Rapper. go. That's what's up. There you go. Um, yo, that's big interesting. Go. So, first of all, rappers, if you're watching this in the future, get that IPI number from producers. And then I suppose in uh, this works for features well, too, I would imagine. This right? is for Montreal. Montreal first needs to sign up to SoCan. Okay, like, let's say we're going to get on that issue together. I'm going to work with y'all on this project. I'm going to use myself as a foolish example, not a positive example. It's not, nobody should be like me in this, right? Because I'm a goofball. What y'all know is that there's, like, literal money attached to live performances, too. Okay? Yes. And this is when I slap yes. myself you in can the register fucking your shows. And anything you can I register believe the that's more than 15 minutes and $5. And you get a dollar a minute. Or some shit like that. I don't know the no. details, but it's some crap like in that ballpark of stuff. And I did a lot of that. Believe it or not, once upon a time, shows used to actually cost enough money and give you long enough sets where that was a viable fucking option, okay? And yeah. there was a lot of shit I could have done. Like, I'm talking, I used to perform a lot. Y'all don't know that because the scene is what it is today. But I, from 2012 to 2016, I banged out a fuck ton of performances that I could have actually made a little bit of money on. I didn't track any of it. So then I slapped myself in the face in that moment when I said, oh, my God, I actually cause I can't get that now. That's why I'm not in a rush. No. But yeah. that was money. Yeah. I literally pissed a fucking way. Yeah, but that's what everyone's doing with their royalties because they don't understand the power of it. Mm. You're also getting on TV, right? Like y'all think like that's not possible, but I don't know if y'all know Meyer Clarity, but Meyer Clarity got mm-hmm. a track in fucking Kim's Convenience or whatever that fucking show is on Netflix. He, he's got a song in there. Because Bro, he's fucking signed up. Song properly. licensing. <coughs> that's that's licensing things. Mm, yeah, I don't that's know. That's what that is. Like, they synchronize you. a lot of. Bro, dog. Okay, there are companies that are out now that 
um, you basically can sign up to and you can submit your music. And if they approve of that, you can start to get paid. Uh, the smallest amount that I've seen was $2,500. Motherfuck, eh? That'd the largest amount, check. the largest amount that I personally have seen was $50,000. Yeah, meticulous. You make to synchronize the song. Yeah, bro. I, the dog. I just, I have a lot of shit that's rambling through my head, bro. Like, this is great, <laughs> though. Because, yo, I mean, yeah, it's all over. It's scattered. We're fucking deep in the interview now. Motherfuckers can't expect no perfection from us. We grinded it a lot out of this. But you're also yeah. dropping a lot of nuggets that motherfuckers can Google after. Like, anybody can listen to this and go, sinks. What the fuck is a sinks? And thankful yeah. Rico Blocks put that in the chat. It's still on the fucking screen in the video. <laughs> and the PRO is right there. So can, right yeah. there. All of that's True. right there on the chat in the video right now, giving people some Googleables after the fact. So don't worry about being scattered. Googleables. Yo, you killed me with that. Yo, the Merker, the Merker video had me because then I seen Natasha's comments with the Googleables. <laughs> no, but like you gotta check it. It's big facts. Like, yo, I actually yeah, know yeah, a little yeah. bit about copyright. Game, you need to be able to check multiple sources. And get the same answers. So, like, All I realized when you upload the distro kid, there's percentage split payout shits. And again, yeah, I said that, that's what the mechanicals are. So, the person who pays for the studio session gets those. Um, the one who owns. So, yo, distro kid is just mechanicals? Yes. So, I don't have to be paying these motherfuckers? You don't, uh, you don't have to. You're not supposed to. Oh, you pay my for your fucking gosh. This is big facts that I didn't even realize. So District Kid is yours. just Mechanicals. So ex let's explain Mechanicals so to people. So, so can is the royalties. Holy shit. Okay, so I totally do have a neck. Because, yo, you got to understand songwriting credits. You feature a motherfucker, right? 50%, mm -hmm. 50%. So one mm -hmm. time, I put my mans on an ad lib. And I had a girl okay. on the hook. My man's okay. ad lib is an equal 33% split according to songwriting. This I'm sure of. Every participant. No. no, it's not. It's not an equal. No, no. It's a, how much did he write? How much, how much is he involved in the song? Okay, so I don't have to stress that much. But still, every time you add somebody to your track, you're cutting away at that songwriting. You're cutting, that's why, that's why, like, as a producer, I always eat because I'm the only one who made the beat. So so can is the songwriting and DistroKid is straight mechanicals. This is very good to know. And mechanicals yeah. you can make whatever arrangements you want with people, but people need to know that's two separate copyrights. That's two entirely different things. So technically that's where most people, that's I have, where most people end up slipping. I have an ISRC, right? Because of fucking whatever, whatever. So can in theory has been tracking that shit in the back end, even if I haven't registered, right? Yes. So if yes. I register then they're gonna know. Well you registered the song with So Can. Well, no, I did it you through DistroKid and TuneCore. No, which... they don't track. They don't track. Okay, so they don't track that. Okay, so in theory, there's a bunch of. And again, to me, these numbers are very small, so I'm not that interested in doing it. But if you're sitting on a hundred thousand views, your reality might be a little bit different than me. So in theory, yeah, you have if, you're, if you're sitting on a hundred thousand views, yo, you're fucking loafing because you're you're throw you you earned a lot of money that you can no longer collect. You've earned expired dollars. So that's that's crazy that there's this timestamp on it. So I see what you're saying about motherfuckers need to get on SoCan then, and that's that's uh, why I keep that's bro. Since I came back from Toronto, I've been preaching this, but I've been with SoCan since 2005. Big respect. 
And I know a lot of y'all watching may be on SoCan, and sometimes it feels like preaching in a choir. But again, I'm I'm personally foolish in that regard because I was too distracted, but you and too caught up. People don't understand if they don't understand. They're I'm 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 the I'm the crazy one right now saying that the sky is falling right now. You know, nah, but, but like this is how the world eats is through royalties. Like people want to stop. It's so crazy because people want to stop working their regular jobs they want to do this music shit full-time i've been doing this music shit full-time for the past five years now i mean let, let's just add a little caveat to that idea get my guy like people comment sometimes on my ability on the camera but i also put in like four years of shit okay like some really bad yeah. crap you put in a lifetime of shit to be able to eat the way you're eating off of it now sometimes people might have to like pace themselves a little bit is what i'm trying to say buddy with all of the years of music that I've been doing since I was three years old, I believe that this is, I've, I've always believed that this is where I was supposed to be. Love it. It's, and I'm not trying to be a negative Millie. I'm just saying, um, I, I, I think part of like, is it a part of the reason I'm here is cause I never quit my job. And yeah. I don't, Straight. I don't know that like with my trajectory, SoCan would have been the deal maker. You're right. It might've made a difference. And yes, everyone, we can agree. This is how we fucking do that shit. And then as Mercury is saying in the chats, if you're in SoCan, you can get your song on TV and then you can eat. And maybe that could have happened to me and I'm a fucking fool. You know, the more, all, the more I have this chat with people, the more I'm sitting there going all these what ifs. And I'm like, yeah, I don't want to indulge that shit. I learned a lot of corporate. Yeah. Shit. But That's the thing is, is that you need to push it to, 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 to it's the hunger talk about that it's the hunger it's the it's the okay when i release a song well now now because i'm releasing the songs okay so i have okay so i moved to toronto and i ended up i was out there for about three and a half years and i met a lot of people out remember i was talking to you earlier about an army mm -hmm. that i wanted to run yep i'm there now i have an army nice they're all in toronto so Feed the Circle is my army that, it's not even to say my army, this is my family, that we all do music together. When I was down there, we all ended up bucking together. So the people involved that are there right now, everything starts with, with Philly because he's been ready from time. Mm. That's why videos have been falling and falling and falling. And I've been pushing and pushing. This is what, this is my label. My label is, Win-win situation music group. Here in Montreal, Viva Le Blue is the artist that I'm really pushing behind right now. I record all her music, I mix and master all her music, and so far I produced everything that she's released. Shout out Viva Le Blue. Yeah, that's my that's my sister. I've known her for 27 years now. So straight up, she came here one time to do an interview, and we talked for three hours and forgot to do the interview. That sounds like uh, Viva. No, but like for context, we used to work together in corporate America. I don't know if I said that yeah. before. I might have. But because of that, it was like we were just so catching up mode. Because like sure. I remember her. Fun fact, we were actually, I approached her to do a song once. And uh, she wasn't necessarily there in her life. And, yeah. Uh, she could sing like a motherfucker and i'm like yo your voice is gorgeous you know any any fucking time of the day you know to this day i'd fucking do a song with her um because she's True. got such a beautiful fucking voice to me and yeah, i like her music bro. we were bumping it a little bit on the pre-stream and it sounds great which you all did um 
Thanks, she, man. Yo, she's fucking it's interesting. Fun working too. with her. And sessions are just because we've known each other for so long. It's just like it's a dope relationship, a dope chemistry. Timberland and Missy. She definitely speaks the same way about you, so it's it's mutual. Yeah, man. That's like that's my sister right there, man. And nice. so she's the artist that I rate, and I'm really behind and pushing right now. She's like actually the VP to my entire hey. my whole organization. Like she's the VP, and so in Toronto it's feed the circle. So Philly, he's the first one who we're pushing right now. He is he's he's hungry. He's he's ferocious. He he devours microphones. That's just he's just. He's energy, you know. Now we have up uh, this sinister Binky. He's the next one that we're gonna be flinging out the pot, you know. He's a he's a wordsmith, you know. He's a wordsmith. That's definitely him. He's a he's mechanical with it when he's when he spits. Mm. Next up after that is uh, we got Tommy Guns, and he's just. Uh, if we're going to describe these guys like guns, he'd be the shotgun. You know, he's like, you never know what he's going to do. So you never know what type of shot he's coming out, mm. you know? And uh, our other boy, Head Top, he, uh, well, he's formerly known as Dirty, but now he goes by Head Top. And uh, he's, uh, he's just a lyrical beast too. So they're all... You know, savage. And then we just actually put Adam Walsh. We just brought him on board too, and he's another beast. He actually lives in, out in Barry with uh, with Tommy Guns. So we have a little army, and that's just on the MCs. And I have uh, who else now? Let's go on to the producers. I have my boy Dolo Cruz. When I was down there living in Toronto, I was actually living at his house at one point over by on Islington. And so we really uh, connected. He had a whole studio in his basement. Oh, I know so what that that's is. Where I, I that's where it. I basically, that's where I learned how to play the, uh, on the machine, actually. It was through him and Daz. Daz, the beat junkie. All, these two, they have, uh, they were bedrooms for a very long time. And so um, we went to their house one day, me and uh, my bedroom that I was living with at the time, Mark Jordan. He's also, he's the one who started this whole thing, actually. Mm. You know, so we basically had, I had work one day. So he went to Dolo's house and he met them and he put in some work and he was like, yo, these guys have it. They have it. They're the ones. And I'm like, word? Okay. So when I have my next day off, I'm coming with you. We're going. So we go to their house the next time and I see for the first time the Native Instruments machine. Now. I lose my shit because I'm like, yo, what the fuck is this? Because remember, all the lights. I like light shows, right? So the machine is literally like an MPC, but it connects to your computer and it has its own software. Mm -hmm. What the fuck is an MPC? Oh. Oh, no. I know a non-playable character in a video game, like the guy that you talk oh. to, and gives you some dialogue options. Oh no! An NPC? 
I mean, I might oh. know what it is, but off the top, that's a beat making machine. That's like, that's where hip hop came from. Yo, shout out Lamef. Oh man, yeah, okay. Yo, go on, go on Google, bro. Do the do the screen show, bro. Show us, do the, the, the whoa. <laughs> Uh, okay, MPC like beat making, like yeah, yeah, yeah. MPC, can type in MPC two thousand. Okay, MPC two thousand. Y'all, y'all may not know, but I don't know shit. <laughs> That's part of why I'm bridging the gap. I'm okay not doing shit. Uh, uh, so strum pads. <laughs> it's what it is. Okay, but I don't know about all that. But it's a beat making machine. If you if you, if you saw that, then I guess you saw what you got to see. No, no, we found it at the top. Uh, it's cool. We got it. <laughs> This guy. Yeah, man. So it's basically that, but it connects to a computer because the NPCs were standalones. Okay. You could literally bring an NPC anywhere and make a beat anywhere if you had headphones and a power source. Yeah. <laughs> That's how those worked, bro. So basically, I saw the machine and I said, whoa, what is this? They're like, this is how you make beats. And at the time, I had graduated. Well, I graduated. I had switched from Fruity Loops to Reason. And I was making beats on Reason while everyone else was doing the Fruity Loops play because I came from an engineering background and so I could go press tab on the keyboard and turn all the machines around and then start playing with the wires and start routing shit. That was what I was doing in Reason. So I loved it better. I was like, yo, and I could make beats and then I could connect shit and do what I want. And I was like, oh, this is the, this is the way. But then when I went to Toronto, they were showing me that was not the way. And this is the way. And I was like, okay. So I jump on Kijiji and I buy one, 250 Because in stores, it's like eight bills. Yeah, I like Kijiji. Yeah, man. So I bought one. I didn't have the license, so I tossed my computer to Daz. And he, you know worked magic and then he gave me back the computer and i had the things so i learned how i learned how it all worked you know and, and daz and dolo they showed me what's up and before all of it oh man i forgot abstract okay abstract was actually my brother's best friend and we went to church way back in the day too. And so what happened is uh, he had moved to Toronto and uh, I haven't spoke to him since. And again, he was more like my brother's best friend. I, I knew of him, we were cool, you know, no issues or nothing. And so um, one day on SoundCloud, random as hell, I got a message from a dude was like, yo, uh, what's going on, man? I just recently started making some beats. Um, I'd appreciate it if you check it out. I'm like, all right, cool. Send me the link. Send me what, what's up. Well, what do you got to show me, man? I click on his profile. I see. He's like, yeah, just check any of those beats out. And so I checked a couple of his, I checked the first one out. And I was like, oh, this is nice, man. This is, this is real nice. This is cool. I rate this. Yeah. And so, I don't know, maybe half an hour later, I got a message on my Facebook from my boy and he's like, yo, so you like that beat, eh? And I was like, huh? 
And he goes, yeah, that beat on SoundCloud. And I go, oh, that's you? And he goes, yeah, man. He goes, LOL, that, that's me. And I'm like, oh, shit, bro. When did you start making beats, bro? Because I, I, everyone as a, at that point, they all knew, everyone knows that I'm, I do music. So I'm like, when did you even start doing this, bro? So he's like, yeah, I started making beats just slowly and surely. I'm like, yo, where are you living? He goes, oh, I'm in Richmond Hill. That's yo, I'm coming down right? to see you. I'm coming to see you. I'm coming to your house. So I, uh, this was back when I was still living here in Montreal. And so I went to, to Richmond Hill. I literally went on a motherfucking, uh, on a mega bus. And I went to Richmond Hill. And I seen him, chilled with him, and I ended up staying with him that weekend. And we, uh, he showed me more of his music, and I was like, "Oh, this is wavy." This, and at this point, I had just started talking to like Mark Jordan at the time. So at that point, I was starting to go down to Toronto and visit. And at one point, I was going to Toronto every other weekend, man. That seems like, like a lot of legwork. How'd you get? Were you driving? Bro, nah, Megabus. Yo, bro, down there they call me Megabus Matik. Straight <laughs> <laughs> Megabus Matik on his. I like Megabus, shit. but I made a mistake. Can we just talk about what? Megabus? So I saw there were backwards seats in the front of the bus, and I said to myself, "I want to sit in the backwards seats in the front of the bus." I booked those motherfuckers thinking they would be the nice. I, no, those are the worst fucking seats. Like your bag doesn't even fucking fit because there's a table in the way. Terrible yeah, fucking bro. seats. They're the worst seats on the bus. Don't if be like me. Dude, if you're a big dude, Bonnie was not there. happy with me because Go I booked upstairs. these tickets before her. And then she had, uh-huh. she was stuck on this. I had to listen to that for like, cause it was both ways. Right. I fucked up. <laughs> Yeah, man. Toronto called me Megabus Matic, bro. I was down there every other weekend. That's like, right. literally. Like, I was here, then I would dip out, come back, meet more people when I was down there, come back out here. Boom. Then uh, I literally was just like, go down, meet people, go down, meet people, go down. Meet. And it was actually really cool because I met a lot of artists. Yo, fam, your network is your net worth. So I met everybody. Mm, I believe in that. That's why I'm here talking to people like you. <laughs> <laughs> but that's what it was, and that's what was in my head the whole time. Network. Network. I know maybe five people. But then I ended up meeting so much other people and meeting so much other people, and then the people that I met ended up meeting more people. So then I just happened to be there when they all met. So mm, it is that it's a snowball. Yeah. So now I know like though, like a lot of the underground scene in Toronto, when I had finally decided, I remember, yo, I went on a whim. I was like, yo, I'm tired of Montreal. And I called Mark Jordan and I said, yo fam, I'm tired because yo, you understand I remember I'm I'm the all English guy trying to find a job here at the time. Oh shit. Tell the people right? about that because not everybody's gonna be from Montreal. All right. If you don't speak French, 
you're getting jobs that are the equivalency of cockroaches in a building. Sits in big facts. That's it. You need to speak French in order for them to respect you. You need to. <laughs> no, I mean, I'll be real with him. Just like I have a decent corporate job. There is a, a VP yeah. at my company and he honestly will ignore me unless I start in French. I don't even have to do two sentences. I just have to be like, salut, comment ça va? Okay, j'ai un problème See? avec... Uh, and then I switch to English and that's enough. Yeah. But like, if you don't even put that level of effort in, you fail office politics here and it's really hard. Bro, there are times where like, I go to like the depth, like the corner store, whatever. And I'm like, yo, what's going on? They're like, Oui, bonjour. I'm like, hi. They're like, oui. bonjour, ho. I'm like, no, no, no. They don't. This is before all of that. I know. I just had to throw it out there. That's a real. <laughs> nah, thing. man. I'm not even bothering with that shit. That shit is so whack. Yo, I have a friend that actually Facebook. Yo, Facebook gave her like a, like she couldn't post for a week. Because she said bonjour, ho. I remember that. I have the same friend. Yeah. That's a real so, thing. I co-sign. Like, I was like, damn, this is a Quebec thing and the world is shutting that down. Like, good job, Quebec. <laughs> it was such a goofy moment in history. We've had a lot of goofy Yo, moments related to, to regular politics. And it really was trending. I had to check. I have to be it on was... Twitter every day, man. And she was trending. So I'm like, okay. I get nervous when I see Quebec shit trending, man. We don't often trend for good things. We trend for goofy shit. Oh, we shit. never trend for good things. It's for something dumb every fucking time. Yo. So, yeah, I go to stores. They're like, we oui, bonjour. I'm like, hi. They're like, we. Oui. I'm like, bye. <laughs> but it's like, yo, okay, like, I don't really have that problem because of where I live. Like, let's be real. The stores in NDG are really not, like, trying to fuck with Yeah, that. They're like, oh. In the West, I have no problem. Like, this specific store happened downtown one day. Mm. I've had some issues, though. Yo, but, yo, check it. Just to, like, double down on that idea. So I work in Ville Saint Laurent back in the day of day, of day jobs. <clears throat> back, when we went, okay. yeah. back when we went to offices. So I'm right by the Guzzo. So if y'all know Ville Saint Laurent, that's the Guzzo. There's a hotel by there. And there's a strip mall. Yeah. And there's a fucking subway. That's my shit. Yeah. I go there for subway lunch. Because let's be real, a sandwich and a soup, delightful. Then you can get cherry Pepsi. <laughs> That's what it is. Um, so I'm in there one day and I'm doing my thing and um, I'm looking up there and then this person's trying to order their sandwich in English and a lady literally is like, oh, that's okay, oh. and I'm like, this is like straight out of a YouTube video and I didn't film it and I didn't intervene and I'm like, I just kind of let it happen because like, you know, everyone acts like they know what to do and shit like that happens, but you know what you do? You kind of freeze up and watch it happen. That's what most mm. people actually fucking do. I'm sorry. That's what I did. <clears throat> After the fact, that I was like, I'm going to be a fucking hero. I should have been a fucking hero. And there's a lot of I should or would have. But in, in the moment, I watched this woman berate this tourist. And then you're thinking yeah. about it, right? This is a person who's bringing money into our fucking economy. Going to this yeah. Ville Saint Laurent subway. Listen, ain't nobody fucking going to this fucking subway except for tourists and colleagues. You know, like it's it's a corporate Straight. area. 
So, like, there's nobody there with no food. You know, like, that shit's dead now. There's no way that Subway stayed alive. That's what I'm trying to say. Um, unless crazy. unless delivery was popping. Maybe, actually, Uber Eats could have saved that Subway. Um, actually, now that I think about it, Uber Eats probably saved that Subway. <laughs> yeah, right now, I'm like, they are still there, though, bro. Yeah, no, Uber Eats. I pass that all the time. So, I guess what I was going with is there is this legitimate attitude, and I witnessed it firsthand in, like, 2019 Yo, at a Subway next I've to it. I Toronto Man's here and witnessed it in Yo. the Metro. When we went to the radio station to see Widget on CKUT. And shout out shout to Widget. Widget. He was on your album. We were bumping to Widget yes, earlier. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. You know what I'm saying? Like, I brought... Okay, so boom. That's... that. Okay, so boom. That's very same song was Mark Jordan and Widget on that song. Yeah. We came to play that song on the radio. So I brought the whole squad down to Montreal. And we took over the radio station one day. And uh like CKUT? Yeah, yeah. We took over the radio station one day with uh with with Widget and, and Pro V, shout out to Pro V, shout out to Tokyo Kid, you know? And we you know, we played that track and shit. So when we were leaving downtown, we walked down the super hill to the metro. Mm. And that's right, that's right, it's right on the hill. Mm-hmm. So we walked down the hill, and I have a bus pass. All of these guys, um, Dolo and Daz, they get a three-day pass. Um, but they already had it already, so they were good. Uh, Dirty, LIP, these guys, everybody was down. So Mark Jordan, he's next in line to see this French lady in the kiosk. Yo, the French man in front got into a big argument with the gal. Man. I don't even know. The whole thing was all French, you know what I'm saying? Blah 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 blah. Let us see that on that. Blah 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 blah. So, tell me how Marky hops hops up next. He goes, "Hey, how you doing?" Oh, ballet français, c'est important. Puts the sign in front of his face that she's going on break. I'm like, oh, and I already passed my card, so I'm like, what the hell? And so now I'm walking up back there. I'm like, okay, cool. Let's go to the machine. Let's just do it at the machine, bro. And she's wilding. He's like, yo, what the fuck? So we do the machine thing. He passes his his uh his ticket through. He comes through. She takes the sign off. Bruh. Bro. Bro. I said, welcome to Montreal, gentlemen. They're yeah. like, oh, shit. Look, I, I don't want to like just make it sound like Quebec's awful because I love Quebec and I wouldn't be anywhere else in the world. Oh, no, I'm just showing the realness, though. But that is a real thing. Um, that's some real shit that does happen here. And it's not everyone. In fact, I want to give a lot of love to the youth. I don't really think it's a lot of the youth it is doing the, that. It is the older heads. That's it is the older heads. I to be fair with it. I'd say most of the young people's is pretty bilingual with it, and they fucking rock out yeah. in a way that I'm jealous of. Um, so just to give all loves, but to deny that that's not a thing that I think most of us have witnessed, it would be like, yeah, it's true. We've all seen that shit bro. happen. It's, it's, bro, so that's why I got pissed off. There's a lot of different things that happened in my life that had me to the point where I'm like, you know what? Fuck this place. I'm out. And I left. Mm. I called Marky. I was like, yo, I need to come and crash on your couch, bro. 
And so went to Toronto. Mm. Ended up bringing everything down there. And ended up staying in his living room for like nine months. You know, paid him rent. Fucking, uh, we lived down the street from a rabba. The, like the rabba, the corner store. And so this was in Mississauga. And this was the beginning of the mango nectars. All right. Um, I think it's a, we're going to get to a point where, like, as much as I want to keep talking forever and ever and ever, it's now 11. What time is it? It's 11 p.m. We've you've you've done the four hours. Um, you beat oh, sure. you beat Merker. You're not gonna break my record tonight because my belly's not gonna allow you. I'm sorry. This is where. My <laughs> What's your is. record? Four hours and 25 minutes after editing. So after editing, you know is what the key. crazy thing is. You know what the crazy thing is. We stopped at 25. <laughs> yeah, man. I mean, well, we're at about, like, because, you know, the, whatever the session is isn't real. So it's like, I don't know. It's going to be, like, possibly about four hours and change when we're done. So you beat Merker, yeah. and that was important to me to give you yeah, the so opportunity. Listen, let's, fast forward to, let's fast forward to COVID. Mm. All right, let's do that let's... in, like, a wrap-up kind of way. Yeah, 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 yeah. We'll do this quick, quick, fast, quick, fast. So basically, COVID happened. I was, uh, I was working at the studio. Hold up. We're and, also going to uh, do a part two, right? Huh? We're gonna do a part two. Oh, I'm ready. All right, I'm ready. I'm ready. We'll do that like when you're when you when we when, whenever, you know, right. April. Book that shit in. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so boom, COVID happens right as um we're doing renovations at the studio. Then the lockdown hit kicks off, so we can't. They close the studio. The studio's closed. They close the border. All of the equipment that we're supposed to be getting is stuck at the border. Everything's everything's fucked. So I'm like, what the fuck am I supposed to do right now? Obviously, music slowed the fuck down. People weren't buying beats. Everything slowed the fuck down. So I'm like, fuck. I need to learn something that's going to be fucking active forever. So I did a... I was on Instagram, and the boy Kato on the track, the producer from Mm -hmm. um, BeatStars, he... He's pop, he was popping up. Yeah, you know, I know that one. Like, Kato. Yeah. Kato on the track. He did a he did a webinar. And I was literally sitting there debating on if I'm going to do it one day, right? Because that shit was like fucking 100 bucks American. And this is like when COVID happened. So like 100 bucks American is fucking hell. That's, that's dollars, bro. So I'm like, yo, do I do it? Do I not? Do I do it? Do I not? I end up doing it. And it was one of the best things that happened to me because now... I do it in a way where he's going to review my beats. So he reviews my beats. So there's a lot of people who, who do the music shit and they play their beats and he's like, oh, you know, you got work to do. Oh, you got, you know, you got to spend more time on it. You could tell he's being real nice on telling them that they're shit. And he hits mine and he's like, oh shit. So he listens to this five minutes. So in the five minutes, I play five beats, one minute each beat. And, uh, he and the other guys that are listening to this, yo, which one's your favorite? Yo, I like this one. Like, you could see the excitement. You could see the excitement. So I was like, what? So he then was like, yo, you need to you need to now take your beats and find a group and re- or find an artist and stick with the artist and really grow it. And that's what I'm like, okay. So that's when I hit back up the man in Toronto. I'm like, yo, 
Let's do our thing, man. Let's do it on our own beats and let's call it a day. Stop losing these internet beats. Let's do it on our own. Mm. And that was the beginning of the end. So now, it, while on the Cato call, while Cato's on a break, he cuts a team who does marketing. This team, I was like, yo, that was just a, that was a steal. So that was my my next bread and butter was digital marketing. Love it. I learned that shit like crazy using Facebook ads. I can direct traffic like crazy to music videos, to websites, to the, the biggest key is to have a website though. You need to have a website for this to work properly, you know? So these are all different things that I learned how to do now. And I'm just like, okay. And through the marketing, that's what made me realize, let me take the name meticulous and let me turn it into a brand. But I've been doing branding my entire life without realizing it. Like, like for example, in Toronto, I was always wearing like different Expo hats, right? Right. But what I did was I put my M hey. on the hats. So I have, for example, I had different hats, different colors. You know, black Expo's hat with the M. Everything. You know what's crazy? Uh, love him or hate him, but Makeway is really good at branding. Um, oh, and branding he, is key for anybody's shit. Something he did with his live shows, and you can watch it to this day, is he bought a golden uh, cap for the fucking Shure mic that everybody uses at live shows. So he actually swaps the fucking cap and puts this little gold shit on like that, and it's a little move that he does at every show, so he's always got a golden microphone no matter where the fuck he performs. That's on the interview, that's so I know I can sick. talk about it. Um, that's pretty sick. See, so yeah, I looked it up. Yeah, I wanted man. a red one. They're like 50 bucks. I'm like, I don't want a red one that badly. <laughs> uh, I looked it up. <laughs> no, man. I'm a, yo, all I do here is steal ideas from smart people. That's all I do. And then you grow. That's all that's Joe how, Rogan listen, did. That's how you grow. That's yeah. how you grow. People have to, you know what I'm saying? There's got to be a, 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 a knowledge spill somewhere. But it's more like, yo, I read a lot of books. I like that. I can brag about a little bit. I read a lot of fucking books. And all the that books said the same shit. Not as much as experience. And, no, no, no. But all the books say the same shit. Um, you know, books make you knowledgeable. Books make you so that guys like you want to talk to people, to be fair. Yeah. Haha. Uh, <laughs> that's I like the Montreal. Yeah. I actually want to hit up fucking uh, Antonia and get her to fucking do a Montreal's finest collab hat with me. That'd be fire. Because Montreal's finest of this shit. Now I'm stuck with this. Like, how can I not do an interview with Montreal's finest hat on? You know what it is? Bro, that's why, like, I, bro, when I was in Toronto, I have, like, 20 hats. They all expose hats, and they all have my M on it. Branding is key. Big fact. Branding is key. So, so now I took my name, and I said to myself, yo, let me turn this into a brand. So I said, okay, Meticulous Beats. Because my old site was TitanMetic.com. I still have that, but I'm gonna, I haven't figured out what I'm going to do with that. Redirect. So MeticulousBeats.com. I do mixing, so meticulousmixing.com. Uh, I have uh, marketing, so meticulousmarketing.com. I have, bro, I have 17 websites right now. I know, man. I looked at them. Domain. I was telling people, meticulous this, meticulous that, think of it. And here's the thing about meticulous is he's not done. He's just going to keep doing it. Yo, this guy, yo, a lot of mother, you know those guys that talk to you in front of YouTube ads telling you that they're going to make all the money? Well, meticulous yeah. is actually those guys. I understand the internet now. And you know what the thing is? I is all the that, internet now. What I love about Meticulous is you just learn shit on the fly. I'll have to say the quick Better version. Fly. 
is learn it on you the fly need and then apply. anything done in this city this is where i think he was going with it i'll, I'll hype him up Ooh. if you need anything done in this city the guy's legitimate i can call sign the fact that he understands this game really well and this is like a game i understand pretty well i play stupid yeah. on my interviews on purpose but trust meticulous knows his shit his numbers are legitimate um his beats are fire you can get all this shit everything's cleanly in your face maybe aesthetically yeah. the graphic design is not there but let's be real who the fuck cares the information is there meticulous this, meticulous that and hit him up and i love the way he thinks but yeah what i can tell you is everybody i know um who knows you has good things to say about you i think that's even more important than um all yeah, the other shit but relationships um yeah so basically if you need to optimize your shit or you need beats or you need mixing or you need this or you need that how that meticulous because as you can tell he's got a rolodex of fucking gold and he knows a person even if he doesn't have the thing all right not yeah. to say that i don't want you to keep talking but my tummy is like fuck you Let's round go. two round two is later yo we website into. meticulous.ca or meticulousmediaentertainment.com awesome and for everybody in the future watching this all that shit will in fact be linked below uh so i'm gonna do my outro bit and for all y'all on the the stream don't dip just yet we're gonna do a fucking raid we're gonna raid dj bobby payne and give some love to him he's a fucking talented Yo, fucking dj man. bobby payne shout outs he's That's playing Viva's tracks too yes Yo. brother so we're about to go over there right now and then at the very least refresh your page and hit the follow button you know what i'm saying that's what you can do to show some love up on this platform um True. on that note thank you all for watching everybody appreciate it for real reals for all you who stuck around for all this time i know it was an insane amount of time and i appreciate every single fucking one of you for real reals um thank you for being here meticulous it was great um Bro, i really appreciate thanks it thanks for having me man I mean, we had some chit chats beforehand. I knew what the fuck I was getting into. I thought it was going to be a good time. It was totally a good time. Shout out Never Ismail for being here still with us. It was another great discussion. I like how it transitions from the story into the real reels. And, you know, it's a little deliberate. Yeah, it is what it yeah. is. But there's, thank there's you. We're going to have tons of conversations on round two, bro. That's what I'm saying. But thank you all for being here, though, because that's what's most yeah, important. Man. And thank you in the future, people watching this, because you guys watching this in the future is also dope. But, yo, before we get done, yo, if you like it, like it, comment, blah, 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 follow, subscribe, whatever, whatever. Special thanks to the patrons, Ismail Gadamsi, Chris Prado, Jonathan Barnes, DJ Blackheart, and Linda Williams, and Scribble. They're dope. They support what we do. If you support what we do and you're on Twitch, you can hit that little subscribe button. Otherwise, you can hit us up at patreon.com slash behind that suit and show some fucking love anyway we appreciate all of you for real thank you again for being here joe yeah, live yeah, long yeah, yeah.